Hello and welcome to episode 93 of the Ram Nintendo Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Jose. And I'm Elvis. Yes, our third chair is back. Long time to see Elvis. Yeah, that was actually in all the episodes. So, no. He wasn't a good I was audience. audience. Yeah, he was, he you weren't even here for half of it. Well, anyway, it's good to have you <laughs> on the microphone. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. And uh, apologies in advance if I sound weird to anyone. I am sick. So if halfway through I start making zero sense, blame the, the, the cough medicine. Not for me. all the people who would have wondered. Hey, you know what? I guarantee there's one guy out there It's like, man, Jason's even more nasally than usual. What is going on? So, just saying. But anyway, this episode, episode 93, uh, we're calling it a mobile monster. Sonic Fox. Spy Sonic Fox? Smash Brothers Fox. Uh, Landmaster! Do I? No. Okay, good. Uh, so this episode, episode 93, which we're calling a mobile monster. Uh, we're calling it that because... Well, three reasons, really. We have Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate Impressions coming up later in the show, courtesy of Elvis, which is partly why he's here, and Jose. We have Pokemon Shuffle Impressions coming up later in the show, courtesy of me, and I don't know if anyone else has played it. And we have... Uh, it got downloaded to my 3DS. Was that yeah, my they, they first downloaded it, yeah. And then the last up. episode, I watched it get downloaded to my 3DS, but... So you've progressed greatly over two weeks, then. Yeah. It's yeah. an invasion of my Nintendo privacy. It's not your privacy. <laughs> if it's Nintendo privacy, it's not your <laughs> privacy. But, uh, yeah, we have those. And then we also have, of course, the giant news that came out this past week. The monstrous news, if you will. So there's where the title comes from. But, yeah, it's uh, you picked a good episode beyond Elvis because we've been doing this show for, like, over three years now. And it's kind of rare if there be big news that just kind of comes out of the blue like this. Like, sure, we've had hardware announcements, and there's E3 and whatnot. And there's some weird out-left-field stuff that we kind of give Nintendo a hard time about. But it's kind of rare for Nintendo to announce something that kind of changes their core corporate strategy that they've had for the past 30 years. And yet, that's kind of what they did. So, of course, we're going to discuss it. So, we're kicking off the episode with our coverage of Nintendo's mobile gaming announcement and everything that entails, including the partnership with DNA, the mm-hmm. first tidbit of info on their next-gen system, mm-hmm. the uh, the new membership program. I, oh, you didn't oh, mm-hmm that one. I'm well, I, mean, I was mm-hmm-ing everything I knew. Oh, okay. And uh, and also we have other news too. It's Jason Sales Corner at this episode. There's oh, no. there's a couple <laughs> there's a couple a uh, couple individual game tidbits. So, yeah, it's a big episode. Now more than ever, it's a monster an episode. Now more than ever, I feel like the timestamps are useful. So ramtow.com episode ninety three. We have them all listed out for you by can subject. Make out Jason's writing. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, your timesheet that you're going to write him down on is me scribbling it furiously. My printer didn't work. I'm a left-handed freak, okay? But, uh, <laughs> I'm a mutant. But anyway... Are you a little easy on yourself? A little easy on myself? Well, you know what? You know what? I don't need your your, your left-handed, anti-left-handism. Yeah. Well, taking a stand. I came out of left field. I'm taking... This is good. This is... No. Anyone who is listening just stopped. You just killed our listenership. Is that word listenership? Completely. Uh, but no, we should really... There's a lot of news. We should really talk about the big one, which is Nintendo going on mobile. So unless you've been living under a rock, uh, you're probably aware that Nintendo is now going to be teaming up with DNA, spelled D-E-N-A, but pronounced D-N-A, to Ooh, create... I'm that was pronounced D-N-A. Nuclear Yeah, but it's D-N-A, according to their own website. Uh, yeah, they're yes, the And then the A or capital and the E is lower to Yeah, so it's like D, like... Yeah, N-A. D, whatever, N-A. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, so what they're uh, what they're doing is they're teaming up with DNA to create mobile games featuring Nintendo IPs, uh, and they're going to make them for smartphones and tablets, and they're coming out this fall, and they are using any IP they want, any franchise they want, it's all fair game. Which is kind of a big deal, because this is Nintendo who used to say, only games for our platforms, for our characters. 
a doodle jump version of Eichenheimer's. That actually wouldn't be bad. And one, one of those that like, actually would make sense. But they're not. See, they're not just gonna be ripoffs of their games. No, I know. But if it's gonna be a doodle interpretation of Ice Climbers, I mean, I mean it, it, it makes sense. It does like, make sense. If they were to make, and everyone would buy it. Yeah. Yes, that's true. But, actually, but before be, we get, incorpor- I mean, you have to. You would have to draw two lines because you have to doodle jump both Ice Climbers at the same time. More like doodle jumps. I wouldn't even mind if the games are like those quote quote free to play quote, but it's like a oh war- well, that's Wario start yeah. war- starting. I mean, starting Wario. Yeah, no, they they're gonna do greedy. stuff like that. That's what's interesting is in three D. No greedy. Cause oh it's greedy. greedy. Oh Wario. Hey, again, we literally just like pay Wario. Yeah, you, <laughs> just, you just press <laughs> the button <laughs> to give Wario to give Nintendo money, but it's Wario. <laughs> they're not purchasing. <laughs> they're like, they're like, a little, like oh, thanks for the money. You're like oh, give me that. You won't say thank you. You can't. You'd be like, I deserve that. Yeah. Yeah. It's about time. They'll just be like garlic. Just imagine how much money people would actually do that. Yeah, like that, one that person, would you would be suckered in giving like ten dollars, and they'd be like, wait yeah. a minute, I'm not getting anything in return for every purchase. I mean, wait, what? One person. One, is make, one I'm saying you're the only one that will do it. That's oh, all. Oh, I thought you meant everyone would do it at least once. No, most people have common sense and won't give their money for no reason. People wouldn't want to hear Wario new dialogue that's not soundboard dialogue that they always reuse. That's true. Brand new dialogue. Would you pay a dollar for that? Never before heard Wario dialogue. You're not answering my question. You're just trying yeah. to spin it. You would. How Maybe. many times? How many? How, how, how many times would you do that? How much do they? How many new dialogue do they? Let's promise? say there's ten. Would you actually buy all ten? Ooh, I've probably recorded, so I won't have to rebuy. So it. you're so you're admitting before Nintendo even announces it that you're gonna pirate this great idea no, of yours. He's pay so you don't have to pay them. He's gonna pay the ten and record the dialogue as he's hearing it. But once you have it, you can just play it back forever, presumably. And no, it's Mario. He's going to make you pay over and over again. This is the most pointless <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, before we... Our friends is Charles Martinet, so he you, Yeah, we all are. We've yeah. all met him. I met him twice, so take that. Uh, he signed all my shirts. He oh, my signed shirt. a poster and another thing that I don't remember. He signed my... Ge- he signed my... He shined your shoes, really. <laughs> he signed my game of Nigel. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. He did. But that's because you told him to. Or no, wait, did. no, you did. No one told him anything. Yeah, because... Okay, backstory for everyone listening. He, uh... Our friend Nigel... the story in Comic-Con episode. Well, it was three years ago. So our friend Nigel uh, was getting something signed for... What? Throwback Saturday. Sunday. This goes live on Sunday. Right. I mean, it's recording on Saturday. This is the most train wreck of an intro. <laughs> Basically, long story short, Jose had a friend sign his copy of the game, and he signed the wrong name on it, because it was for the friend, not for him. Fun story. Anyway, Nintendo on mobile, right? Am I right? Am I right? Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, no, seriously, though. Um, before we get to Yoshi the... Puzzle games. Yoshi Puzzle Games. Puzzle Yoshi games? Safari. Oh, Yoshi like, Safari. Oh, like First-person shooter Yoshi. Like, just Yoshi. Um, Mario the Woods. All of those games. Seem okay, well, only one of those is a Yoshi puzzle game by name. By <laughs> Yoshi's Cookie. Before we even oh, get there, we definitely see a WarioWare mobile game. Yeah, that seems like a shoe. That seems like a shoe. For sure. You'll invent some sort of iPhone. That's like how the story That's true. That's true. You'll have some sort of Nin phone. Tendo phone. Phone Tendo. Phone Do. Nintendo phone. Anyway, before we even get to the games, though, there's kind of like here's the thing Nintendo's not going to announce any games till the fall so but what they did talk about is how they're going to do the games so we could probably rule out things like pay Wario a dollar <laughs> for every sound bite I'm just saying that's probably not going to be in there because what, what I mean it couldn't they should literally just make it just to see just, I mean, should just be their marketing team well that's that's the thing that's what we'll get to is it, this is their marketing that's all it is this this is not everyone's like oh my god they're making mobile games but it's not quite what you think well, I think so. it should be uh, an app like Venmo or Venmo Venmo it's 1-0 Venmo Venmo is what cows do at vending machines <laughs> what does he do at vending machines <laughs> anyway it 
just be like them, bro. <laughs> Except that's a Wario thing. So you're giving... Well, yeah. You're getting people. Yeah, you're take, you're getting money from people. <coughs> you're getting choke. <laughs> this is the most train wreck of an intro. Uh, <laughs> let's just hit the restart button, shall we? Nah. Hi. Welcome to episode 93 of the Ranch Town Podcast. I'm Jason. No one else is talking about mobile games. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, what? With Calvin Machines. So we were at, right? I don't even know what yeah. Venmo is. Venmo's a money sharing app. It's actually quite handy. But it just got it just got completely, basically, made pointless because Facebook lets you join a messenger now. Not yet. Soon. They announced it. Yeah, so it's not now. All right, fine, whatever. Uh, <laughs> Nintendo on mobile for the eighth time. So we should probably... I mean, yeah, all these game ideas are things that couldn't happen except Wario. That's never happening. <laughs> But, uh, the, the, yeah, I'm sorry. The, the, the first really thing, though... What? I'm really feeling it, button. See, that would work. I would pay money for that. Really? No. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> why? No, it was a joke. Okay. A pocket punch button. Before we even get to the soundboard phase of this, we should probably talk about what, like, <laughs> how this is going to happen, because it's not going to be soundboards. I would say the other soundboards. But the, that, and that's why we don't run Nintendo or DNA. We, we, DNA. We're just keeping Charles Martinet's job alive. That's well, the thing is, yeah, that's true. All right. That's true. Do you think he recorded any new dialogue from Mario Party 10? No. So. <laughs> no, yeah, he said, like, one thing, like, Use your amiibo. Party Mario, oh, Mario Party 10. Party yeah. Oh, no, no, no. They pieced together to 10 from other syllables from other games. <laughs> Damn, they went out of their way just to... Yeah. <laughs> they probably, like, found, like, a T sound and an N sound for, like, Mario Party. They already said Mario Party enough, enough times. Yeah, but anyway, someone right. out there listening is like, just get to your damn mobile <laughs> point already. <laughs> so what I was going to say is I don't think we're getting soundboards because uh, the people they're working with do more than that. Like, one of the things that at least I was wondering about as soon as they announced this is who on earth is DNA? And it turns out they actually are pretty well known over in Japan. Here in the U.S., they're not exactly huge, but over there... Not exactly? I've never heard of them. You, but you may have heard of Mobage or Mobage. Have you heard of those guys? Nope. Have you heard of these games ever? Tiny Tower on iOS? Mm-mm. Blood Brothers, an yeah, RPG that... We have a friend that plays it, so you should have heard of that one. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah this, the... I have friends that play a bunch of games. I must automatically know what they're exactly. playing. Exactly. No, but uh, for anyone Ooh. listening that made... Victor... So never mentioned that. Blood Brothers? No, never. Is it an RPG place? Never mentioned that. Maybe not. Okay, well, anyway. These guys, they were known as Mobage. They're now known as DNA. They make the games I just mentioned along with uh, Goddess, which was like a kind of... Uh, uh, what's that game? Black and White, the God game. It's like a mobile version of that. That got some buzz at one point. Oh, yeah. They Here's something you know. They made games based on Transformers and Marvel and Star Wars. Like Pinball? No. That's Zen Studios. Oh. No. But they... They make games involving properties you're interested in, namely Transformers. So now you care. Now you care. Mm. No, but the thing is, they haven't had a big... They're like Transformers based off the movie. Probably. The thing is, they haven't had a big... They're not High Moon. What? They're They're not High Moon, that's true. But uh, they lost... They made me lose my train of thought. What was I going to say? Oh, yeah, they haven't had a huge hit lately. Like, they've had games that do okay. So they've been kind of slumping in Japan, and this is their comeback story, as much as it's Nintendo's, like, next step. But, uh... What things are what, where things get interesting to me at least about this is not the soundboards. I'm gonna keep saying mm. it's not that, but uh, DNA isn't just gonna be making Nintendo games for Nintendo. Like it's not just gonna be oh yeah here's <clears throat> here's like here's Mario and an Angry Birds knockoff. It's actually gonna be Nintendo using DNA know-how to essentially funnel people back towards Nintendo's core platforms. So when they announced all this last week. They had a last minute press conference. My voice is giving out. <clears throat> Sorry. What is it giving out? 
free candy. They have a uh, they have a they had a last minute press conference right after they announced this, and during it, I walk kind of walk through Terry Wadden, global president, kind of walk through what exactly they're doing. And it seems like what they're doing is, first of all, not exiting the hardware business. They specifically are having this be a marketing tool to drive people back to the hardware business, which investors initially are like, oh, mobile games, great, and then they're like, oh, not full mobile games, oh, okay. So they're still making mobile games, but they're going to be um, leveraging what DNA knows in order to basically bring back the casuals that they used to have. Because they know, they admitted the Wii, the DS, all the casuals left and went to mobile, so they're like, well, what if we go to them, can we bring them back to us? Which... I, I, I don't know. Mario app game is fun, but I feel like they need more complexity. If only there That's was literally of... what they want to do. Like, I mean, they, they, they pitched it as, I want to make this weird comparison where he's like, well, Nintendo's 125 years old. It's almost like when Nintendo first started using television to advertise its products and get people interested in seeing the better, the fuller experience with buying the thing. That's how he compared it. Which is... Interesting. I mean, I guess t- I guess mobile kind of is the TV of what was like the sixties. Like it's our, yeah, we're like internet's TV. Yeah, yeah, but your mobile device is your internet access point. My laptop's my internet access point. Oh, that's true. You don't have a smartphone because you're like in the nineties. I went there. Oh, yeah. Burn. Anyway, no, but um. I don't have a laptop in the nineties. <clears throat> Great. Okay. So, <laughs> um, uh, what was this? Yeah. So. In many ways, this is Nintendo almost ditching their old Blue Ocean strategy. Almost doing the inverse of their Blue Ocean strategy. Because as, as you may recall... They're fishing their great fishing strategy? Yeah, they're not doing it. Because as you may recall, they used to go, well, why don't we go where the people where people aren't playing games and bring them games, and that will be how we make money. And now they're going, hey, remember all those people we made play games? Well, let's go back into that well. Let's go, like the I guess, the Red Ocean, if you will, and fish them out and bring them back over. And I don't know if that's actually going to work in theory, but... It is stage, well, yeah. I feel like it might work. You're going to get a lot of those people to be like, oh, I remember Mario. I love Super Mario World. They're going to play this. And like, wait, this is not Super Mario World. I wanted an emulation of Super Mario World. And then, so you assume they'll just go, okay, I'll go spend $300 on a Wii U? <coughs> no. They'll just be disappointed with the mobile game because it's not an emulator. That they could well, get. yeah, that's something that Nintendo made very clear is none of these are going to be ports. I remember there was a post on Reddit of like some dude showing how he bought the original Super Mario Brothers like 10 times throughout his systems. Oh, I've done that too. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a problem. But but yeah, they uh, that's what Nintendo's not doing is it's not going to be that. Cause they're, and the thing is, I guess, even if it doesn't work, Nintendo's still kind of planning around it. Because I mean, let's say, let's say you're playing Kirby Crush Saga or Angry Birdo or whatever joke of a iOS and uh, Nintendo hybrid or what you want to make. They could. But let's say you're playing any of that. My, my point is, let's say you're playing that, right. and then you go, oh man, they have better experiences on, on the console? I don't want to pay $300 and then go buy a $50 you game. Might as well turn I'll just on keep my Wii U. Well, they don't necessarily have one, that's my point. You said we were playing them, though. Okay, yeah, you're, sure. you're not. Okay, let's say you don't own a Nintendo platform, and you're playing a mobile game, and it's Kirby, and you're like, oh, and in the game, they're like, hey, check out Kirby and the Rainbow Curse. You're like, oh, that looks cool, and then you go... I don't really. Yeah, it's like it's not the app store. I want to pay three hundred dollars and then forty dollars just to play this game. Like three hundred forty dollars, or just play like Kirby Candy Crush, Curse, Crush, Crush, (laughs) some more. So in that case, Nintendo still has itself covered because I think they realize that they're not going to get everyone to convert. There's no possible way. So this is a marketing move, but they're also going to do religion. What? 
Yeah. It's yeah. It's a, they're not getting everyone into the church in Nintendo. Some of them stay <laughs> Appleis as or Androidist as long as they can. And I think they realize that because they're kind of like, well, we'll market and it doesn't work. These are full fledged games. They will have payment schemes. They will exist on their own. We can make money off that. So they have access to these hundreds of millions, if not billions, of people. And maybe even if like two percent of them go to the consoles, that's two percent more than they might have had previously. So it's kind of a win win for them, which is which is start, start, start smart. Yeah. But of course, that then brings us to the games themselves, which they very purposely didn't really discuss. So soundboards are still on the table, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we don't know. Like a really well done soundboard. That it's pretty much the. I can't believe we're running with the soundboard thing. I'm, I'm making a joke, and you guys are all serious. Like pick different characters. You could get a bunch of like sound samples, maybe like from different games. But I would. Why not? Actually, that would be kind of cool. I don't know. That'd be cool. That would be cool. Maybe if you could like. That's more of an app than a game. I know. I wouldn't. I know. I wouldn't mind it as an app. Maybe it'll let you like set the soundboard, and you could like record your little thingy. You play that back, maybe you can even make your own ringtone. You should work for Nintendo. Like, like, there's a lot of things. You could, so, you so could send messages as the soundboard or little clip. Make it a keyboard, Nintendo keyboard for yeah. iOS with custom more, emojis and stuff. Warrior insults. Have Wario cuff. Well, you, you can't do that. But <laughs> there will never be cross-platform like phone. Oh, there will sort of. We'll get to that. You'll see. Uh, That's what I would imagine. How that would get to like, oh, you need to. No, no, no. Because here's the thing, and a a little tease of what's coming. The only reason I'm like kind of like going step by step like this is because once you see, like, once you lay the foundation, like, build it up, you see this overarching crazy vision Nintendo has. It's actually like really forward thinking of them. But before I get to that, there are of course the the games, which we know nothing about. But I did take my watch off because it was uh, rattling. But the, uh, yeah, so I want to confirm during the press conference that, uh, we kind of touched on this, but none of the games are ports. They're all built from the ground up for mobile devices because Nintendo still believes that the best software is what uses the hardware it's on, not trying to shoehorn it in, like make it fit the hardware. So, <laughs> whether it's soundboards or, what? Analogies. I was learning a new analogy. What analogy did you learn? I don't Some, think I said something, one. Something about a horse? Shoe- shoehorn. No, shoehorn. shoehorn it. Oh, I guess that is an analogy. So it's an expression. But <laughs> expression, there you go. That's what I it's, to it's not, okay. not an analogy. Yeah, yeah, expression. expression. Shoehorns have nothing to do with horses, by the way. It's for the back of a, a dress shoe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. That's what I remember. <laughs> but I, I'm glad you envisioned that, like, when someone's shoehorning, they're, like, kicking someone, like, a hoof of a horse. And it's like, let me get that horseshoe off for you. But no. Uh, but yeah, so Nintendo's not <laughs> going to. Uh, be shoehorning. What does that mean? It just means you're not going to be forcing. forcing. It's not going to be like you're going to get... You're not going to pay $6 to get... Or $10 to get a port of Mario 64 on your iPhone with virtual control buttons. Because it won't work. It doesn't fit the ecosystem. It doesn't fit how people buy things on mobile. It feels weird. It doesn't do justice to IP. Nintendo's saying, instead, we're going to make a game from the ground up that works for iPhone, works for Android, makes sense, uses the... The touch interface appropriately in a vertical or horizontal position, whichever they want to do. You know, Imagine they make it uses the accelerometers. They want to make it feel custom. Yeah, what about a game that makes a change between them? Imagine like, like, it's just crazy like, talk. Like Super Paper Mario. That's just crazy talk. Why? Why would you even suggest something so insane? Like, of course, you know that's how they could get to people, or like in a negative way, they'll be like, "Everyone's been wanting F Zero game, so here it is for iOS." <laughs> oh, I guarantee you, there be so many things on the internet where it's like, "New F Zero announced." Dot dot dot. And then you click through, it's like for Android. It's like, oh, <laughs> a new Metroid. <laughs> on iPhone only. Oh, God. But, uh, but, yeah, so they're not... The good news is they're not doing... Like, they're not just porting things over. They're not just making crappy games. They're actually going to do justice to the IPs. And uh, it doesn't really explain the, what the games themselves will be, exactly. 
But during the press conference, I kind of touched on what we can expect in terms of how we pay for them, which I know we were kind of talking about earlier with like the dollar for the mm. for the soundbite or whatever ridiculousness. And what he said is, um, basically, Nintendo's not gonna go free to play crazy. They're not gonna do a Pokemon shop. Well, they might do a Pokemon shop. They're not gonna do the crazy net purchasing that we see on some games do, because uh, they don't want to d- destroy Sub-Lord? their own brands. Steel what? Diver Sub-Lord. They could see Steel Diver. I feel like is a better use of. That's the real deal. They fall. Yeah, both of those I feel like do a better job of net purchasing than Pokemon Shuffle, significantly. Because Pokemon Shuffle, it's literally like, oh, you play for twenty minutes, pay money, or wait. But Steel Diver, it's like, oh, you could play all you want, but if you want to like enhance. If you want more to do, pay money. Re- Rusty's the same you deal. You want to win like, more. <laughs> not even win more, it's just you want to do more. Because you can win just fine without it. In theory, you could play through and unlock stuff slowly. but uh, Or you can, you know, get extra features. But Or Rusty, where it's like, oh, you like this minigame? Buy it. You don't like this minigame? Don't buy it. That's it. Those, I think, think are much better. But, um, yeah, what I, what I guarantee they won't be doing, though, is a very popular thing that DNA does, kind of ironically, called Gacha, which is a capsule toy thing in Japan. A lot of Japanese mobile games, and some American ones, have a thing where you'll, like, pay real money to unlock a virtual prize, similar to, like, when Smash Bros, where, you, you know, the trophy capsule ball mm. from the old Smash Bros, where it's, like, randomized. You pay real money for that on a mobile game and get a digital thing, but it might be a duplicate. You never know. Oh, You're sucks. just throwing your money away, and it tells that we're not doing that. Even oh. though DNA's our partner, we're not doing that. We're staying away from stuff. We don't want to hurt the brand. We don't want to hurt the reputation. The whole goal here is to get people to like siphon them back into the platform. So that if you if you're like, what Pokemon will you get? Pay a dollar and find out. No one's gonna be like, well, let me just go. I sure love giving them twenty dollars. Let me go buy the game now. Like, so it's not gonna be those games designed for like little kids to accidentally pay like a thousand bucks. Well, Apple actually kind of banned those, but you can't. You have to like confirm the purchase and a couple other things. But um, and there's parental controls and whatnot. But yeah, Nintendo's just not gonna go the route of like throw money at us and see what happens. It probably will be free to play, but it's not going to be... Or as I water likes to call it, free to start. <laughs> but it's not going to be, um, like, in your face, like, hey, take a gamble. What happens if you, you know, give us a dollar? You're going to get another Pikachu or you're going to get a, a Polygon. Po- Polygon's not a thing. A Porygon. Uh, there's only one way to find get out. get a shape. Yeah. <laughs> You'll get a gaming website. <laughs> but... <laughs> Polygon, what do you mean, What? But but yeah, so the reason they're not going that route, the reason they're not doing the awful free play is well, number one, like I kind of touched on, they don't want to hurt their brand reputation. They certainly don't want to hurt it with parents and children because they're worried exactly like you said, is that kids are going to buy a bunch of stuff and their parents should be like, "Are you kidding me? I'm not buying you a three hundred dollar console to waste more money into. No mm-hmm. way." So they're staying clear of that for that reason, and they're also um, doing it primarily because they want people, as many people as possible, to use these apps. The whole idea, again, is it's marketing more than anything else. I mean, sure, it'll make money, but it's a marketing tool. So if all these people, if a handful of people are like, okay, yeah, I'll do the crazy in that purchase, whatever, and then 80% of the App Store customers are like, this is dumb. They're not going to use it until we'll get the marketing. But if they make it accessible and not crazy money schemes, everyone will use it. Do you think a dedicated Nintendo app will come out before this? Probably. Well, they're working with DNA to do that sort of thing because uh, basically DNA is handling all the infrastructure and architecture. Probably. Something yeah, like and they said they're doing a me-making app, so I imagine that's coming too. Cool. Like Sony, you can buy games. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's ultimately. Already. Yeah, you can do it with Nintendo.com. If you go to Nintendo.com, look up oh, a game, right. buy a button. Yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, they're working with DNA on a case-by-case, game-by-game, app-by-app basis to determine how to do pricing. But their end goal here is to get more Nintendo properties into more hands of more people, so they don't want to do anything that would damage that, which means 
luckily we don't have to deal with ridiculous pricing like press a, every dollar you give you get a new Wario expression like, <laughs> that's not going to happen the more Nintendo games the more people can use that people will keep using like Elsa for Rosalina stuff like that what? what? Oh, Elsa and Rosalina is what you just yeah, said. More people spoke to Nintendo. You kind of mumbled that. You're like, well, b- 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 Rosalina. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. More people will mistake less. Ultimate. Or they'll go, gee, that Rosalina looks like an Elsa ripoff, even though Rosalina was first. Just laying down the facts, folks. <laughs> just laying down the facts. But, uh, so we, we now know the pricing scheme for the games, but we don't actually... Well, I guess we kind of touched on this, that uh, Nintendo... No, we did. Here's the good news. So DNA is their mobile partner, which makes you wonder, okay, if they're making all these crappy free-to-play games at DNA, no offense, DNA, what's going to happen with Nintendo's own games? Well, the good news is Nintendo's making them themselves. Nintendo's actually dedicating their own resources, their own first party to do it. He, uh, I want to... What I mean for our other resources? Yeah, weren't there already See, no that's the tricky our thing. That's where things get interesting. That's where, like, you have to, like... That was my concern at first, but then as I'll, as we'll get to, uh, it kind of you realize they actually have that covered possibly with the NX because the NX has some interesting stuff. But uh, yeah, uh, Wado was talking to Time about this and basically said that uh, their plan is, which I, I guess I kind of touched on, uh, DNA is strictly for the back end. They're gonna handle all the day to day activities, you know, all the like infrastructure and whatnot. Nintendo's gonna do the game development. And then the one thing they're going to lean on DNA for, which is something Nintendo doesn't really do, is their games are services on a mobile device, if you think about it. Like, Words of Friends is constantly updated. Angry Birds constantly has new levels. There's daily contests. There's weekly campaigns. There's stuff where it's like you download the app, you expect to come back to it multiple times. Nintendo games, yeah, they might have DLC, but it's like, okay, here's the finished product. We might put out a patch. We might put out some end. Yeah, exactly. It's like, this is, this is where it ends. But Nintendo's using DNA's knowledge of Here's how to make it a service, more of an app that you have to play versus a game that you just complete. And they're going to try and integrate that into their development. So it is a Nintendo game with DNA's mobile know-how, if that makes sense. That's their yeah. that's their grand plan. But yes, and it does raise so a very good... most of Nintendo's DNA in it. I see what you did there. And yes. And I think you guys are spot on that there is going to be potentially issues if the nx stuff that we get to doesn't cover this there's definitely probably maybe could be resource issues because i think it's good and bad honestly that nintendo's doing it i mean on the plus side uh we're getting we're guaranteed quality products for smartphones we're guaranteed that they're not gonna be these weird splash in the pan successes because nintendo has 30 years of making hits you know the mobile seems really weird i mean i know you're not super familiar with the Elvis, but you you'll recognize most of these names i'm sure but like Rovio made Angry Birds, right? Okay. Not much sense. Uh, King made Candy Crush Saga. They didn't make a sequel, but not much sense. Uh, Zynga made Farmville and Words of Friends, and Zynga is falling apart now. Uh, Rovio, in fact, their profits were down 73% in 2014 compared to the year prior because people stopped caring about Angry Birds. Basically, what's happening is there's always one-hit wonders. Like live off their money already, though? They can, and they're making like an Angry, Bir- Angry Birds movie and stuff, but the problem, with, the problem is these are all different developers with one hit, and then they're gone, basically. Like, that's it. They have one hit. Or they have riffs on the one hit for a couple of years, and then they kind of fall apart. So Nintendo's whole... I was saying that Nintendo's whole strategy is they want to change mobile where it's not one and done, basically. Nintendo says, well, we know how to make multiple franchises and multiple games. We're going to launch a bunch of them all at once in the fall. We're going to have them all roll out rapid succession, and then we're going to have a portfolio of games. Because obviously there are exceptions, like Telltale. They make mobile games as well as console games, and they have a whole breadth of Follow titles. Thing, what? Like they don't make dedicated mobile games. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's just like 
I don't even know what you can get on version. first. That's true, yeah. Yeah, they just kind of make one game and put it on everything. Except Wii U, which makes sense. Because they hate us. But yeah, but Nintendo, okay, so Nintendo's maybe not the telltale route exactly, but Nintendo's basically trying to buck the trend of one-and-done mobile. Like right now, for example, a really popular mobile game is Trivia Crack. I bet you in a year, no one's going to know or care about Trivia Crack. Yeah, That's just it. how it works. Oh, but, wait, no, I have heard of it. Yeah, it's, it's like Words of Friends, but Trivia. Yeah. yeah. What about Clash of Titans? See, you mean Clash of Clans? Clash of Titans is a movie where they unleash oh. the Kraken. That's where that came from. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, no, Almost uh, the Clash cool CG commercials. What? Yeah, see, Clash of Clans is the highest revenue generator, so it's probably not going anywhere anytime soon, yeah, but can you imagine... Right, but three years ago, kids were only talking about Angry Birds, and then what happened there? They still kind of talk about it, but their yeah, profits are down 74%. Yeah, Minecraft is still a thing. Minecraft will stay a thing for a while, but it, it's like Telltale, like you were saying. It's on multiple platforms. Yeah. It bucks the trend of mobile. But these mobile-only companies... Clash of Clans is on multiple platforms? What? Clash no, um, oh, Minecraft. Minecraft. Yeah, cause, and these kids definitely play it on multiple things. Yeah. But yeah, the point is Nintendo's going to try and not have this happen, and they specifically said they're going to do it by rolling out a lot of games pretty quickly. So when this launches in the fall, whenever, uh, it's going to be pretty rapid fire. So, that, so that's kind of the plus side of Nintendo doing it themselves, because they can ensure this actually happens. The downside, like you said, is what are they going to do about resources? Which is a legitimate question, but that's kind of where they're leaning on DNA, and kind of where they're leaning on this new membership program that they're doing, which is kind of point number two of the giant puzzle of Nintendo's announcements, and that's that... Uh, Club Nintendo shutting down, as we know, and we now know it's being replaced by some sort of new cross-platform membership program that DNA's crafting. Because DNA knows how to do cross-platform. They make Android, they make iOS, you can log in on their website. They have a breadth of access points. And Nintendo has systems locked down by your system. Like, they have, you know <laughs> I mean, they have accounts that are tied to your system. They don't really cross-talk. They kind of do on 3DS, but not really. So they're now working with DNA to address that. And what's going what's to mean is smartphone games, Wii U games, 3DS games, PC access, even their next platform, this codenamed NX thing, which we will get to in a few PC minutes. PC access? You'll be able to log in on a, like, access stuff through a website. But, I mean, can you already do that? Not your Nintendo Network ID entirely. That's a Miiverse, I guess. Yeah, basically just Miiverse. They're basically saying... I mean, what else is there? Uh, well, in theory, if this all ties together, you'd be yeah, able to view friends list, check messages, uh, all sorts of stuff. Because what they're what they're doing is they're saying, all right, DNA, you guys know how to make a platform. I guess like computer, maybe like PS3. Maybe, three, yeah. maybe that's why they've never had a proper messaging system because they just never have the infrastructure for it. And they just don't know what they're doing. Nintendo's yeah. not an internet first company, so well, I'll get on top of that. <laughs> so rather strategically, Nintendo's going, hey DNA, you're one of the biggest mobile game makers in Japan. You're definitely internet first. Let's hook up. And DNA's like, yeah, and then they did. Uh, so it's like being able to see all your trophies and stuff. And yeah, exactly. They're basically they're playing a bit of catch up here. But the but the main draw of having it where everything has the same system, account system, including this NX thing, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, is that um, it kind of ensures that people that start on one can easily go to the next. So if you're someone playing on your iPhone and you're like, oh, I want to check out the more full fledged Mario game on my Wii U, you already have an account. You already have a friends list. You already have all your stuff. You just buy the Wii U and boom, you're hooked in. You're done. You're ready to go. You don't have to like start from scratch. You don't have to find people. You don't have to find... You know, they have... A while ago, I was talking about what if we did discounts based on your purchasing habits. All right, you have the iPhone Mario game? Cool. Here's $5 off a download of the Wii U one. They could do all sorts of stuff with the unified system. And what's interesting is... I think it was The Verge that covered this when talking about the NX, but what they're basically doing is Nintendo's not making... The NX is not their next platform. 
the NX plugs into their next platform. Their platform is this account system, which Iwata said himself. This is their new platform. Like, we always think of Nintendo, and this is why I'm saying this is such huge, huge news. When I said top, like, the biggest thing in 30 years they've done. They're not saying their next console is a console. They're saying their next console is a thing that hooks into a bigger platform now. The platform isn't the console. The platform is this account system. It's this. More appropriately, um, it's the ecosystem they're creating. What's up with pre-orders? Pre-orders. Yeah, like GameStop is accepting pre-orders for Nintendo NX. So oh, uh, EB Games in, in Canada, yeah. They're, I have no idea how they're even doing that. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's probably not out for three years. But but yeah, the, the ecosystem thing to me is kind of interesting because we're seeing that happen a lot. We're going to drift away from video games for a second, but we're seeing it happen a lot in tech. So basically the idea is, uh, you know, release your products on as many platforms as possible, hook people wherever they happen to be, and then ultimately they may buy some of your dedicated devices or dedicated services. Google's the pro at this. We have iPhones, Jose. Do you have any Google apps at all? Do you ever use anything Google? Maps. Do you ever Google on Google? Through your phone? Mm, don't I only Google on Google? Or, well, do you ever search on Google? So that's a better way of saying that. Yeah. Okay, you're in their ecosystem. You may not yet have, say, the Chrome app on your phone. You may not yet use Gmail on your the Gmail app on your phone, which has native ads, which they make money off of. But you're doing something with Google on a device that isn't Google made. So you're aware of Google, you're using Google, and you have Gmail on your computer. The idea is people hook in on one point, and then ultimately over time, they may expand to other stuff. And even if they don't, they're still making money off you at that one little sliver of what you do. So every time you search on Google, they have ads in line in that search. They're getting money off you. Even though it's not Android, even though it's not a Google platform, they're still using you. Where's the love? Micro what? Where's the love? Right there. They love you on wherever you're on. That makes sense. I mean, yeah. use Gmail, but I don't use the Gmail app. I just use mail. Right, yeah, same here. But but you still are. You have yeah. Gmail on your computer if you need it, hypothetically. And even then, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, you might not use the desktop interface, but you're on Gmail. You have a Google account. You use that Google account on where? YouTube. You use that Google account on where? Google. Every time you log in, every time you're looking at it, they're getting ad revenue. So where, and we're seeing a better, a more, I think, uh, direct comparison is probably what Microsoft's doing lately. So I don't know if you guys know, but Microsoft just made all their Office apps, like Word, PowerPoint, Outlook, free on Android and iOS. Mm-hmm. For, the, for the longest time, you used to have to pay for Office. And it would only be on PC, and yeah, they had it on Mac, but you still have to pay for it. Now they're making it free, because what they want you to do is you get a bare-bones version, and you can either A, use it, and then store your stuff. All your stuff is saved into their cloud, OneDrive. So store your stuff there, and then, oh, wait, I need to access my Word document. Well, I guess I should check out Word for Windows now, or Word for Mac, mm-hmm. and then next thing you know, you might be buying it. Or even if you don't buy it, it might be something like, hey, uh, I really love Word on my iPhone, but I wish I had this one feature that used to be on my PC version. Oh, I can buy it for a buck? Sure, why not? That's what Nintendo's doing. They're creating this whole ecosystem. So where, however you choose to use Nintendo's products, at the end of the day, they're still hooking you in. They're still getting your information into their database, and they're still le- pointing things at you to buy, whether it's an in-app purchase, a device down the line, a game console, Xbox hooks into window IDs. Like, it's all a very strategic strategy. Evil? It's a little evil, but it's kind of the future of technology, where it's like you're not so much making a product as you're making a whole ecosystem that people can hook into. And Nintendo's hopping on that band- bandwagon full force now. Yeah. It's actually really smart. One reason they got an iPhone was because they had the MacBook Pro, and the reason they got the iMac was because they had both of those. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Once they get you a little, they'll get you a lot. That's kind of the idea. I mean, my Google example wasn't as strong as the Microsoft one, I'll admit, but 
They okay. both do it. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I really do. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so those who are fully invested are more likely to participate. And then, of course, as I was saying, um, there could be perks. Like, if you have, like, I, I think I said this already, but, like, if you have the, you know, if you download Mario on your iPhone, why not get Mario discount if you buy the console version? Something like that. And I want to say that there will be crosstalk of some sort. They haven't figured out what, but he was saying during a Q&A at the press conference that they're looking at ways that connected devices can interact with one another. Or that means mm. discounts going back and forth, some sort of cross-play. Maybe the smartphone games will work on NX in some way. Who knows? But there's potential there, and they're looking into well, it. You use, like, Amiibos. You just unlock little tidbits. Yeah, exactly. It could be game. something like that, like an in-game bonus. Or like how they do the demos with Codename Steam. Like, you play a demo, you get a special weapon when you buy the full game. I wanted to think of something as awesome as um, the Watch Dogs game where on the phone someone... Will, it was like the right, yeah, the, the, the second the um, second screen experience. I yeah, think is the buzzword for it. Except traps for the person down the line. You can play with random people, which is awesome. Yeah, again, I think that's the type of thing Nintendo will be able to do. And that, too, by the way, was an ecosystem play. You're going to be serious, but you know how you use that? The Ubi profile system. You know what the Ubi profile system does? Gets you hooked into Ubisoft's entire environment of games where you want to buy more games because you get free games and rewards. You have an account to their store now. You have easy access to your DLC, much easier than if you didn't have the account. It's the same idea of an ecosystem. Ubi, Ubi Play, you play is one giant, is much smaller scale version of the ecosystem thing Nintendo's doing, Microsoft's doing, Google's doing. EA does it with Origin, Valve does it with Steam. The idea of having Steam on as many devices as possible is not to better your enjoyment of Steam. It's to get Steam on more of your devices so you buy more from Steam. Because this becomes your dominant ecosystem. You know that? I do know that. I do. I am Gabe Newell. No, uh, <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, this is the future of how tech is going to be presented to people. It's not about hardware. It's about software, hardware, harmony. So, that's my two cents on that. But I think it's, I think it's super brilliant for Nintendo to do this. This is very forward thinking. But of course, one element they didn't touch on is what's the Club Nintendo replacement going to be? It sounds like they could do discounts and stuff, but, I mean, what would your ideal Club yeah. Nintendo membership program be? Or, like, new DNA-powered membership program be? Uh, same, I, would assume, I would hope they have the same thing, like, platinum, get prizes, even though the prizes went downhill every year, but... Yeah, I bet you it'll be digital prizes exclusively now. Oh, God, that sucks. I mean, it's probably... Be, we, by the way, we're getting digital prizes this coming month in April. Anyone with gold or platinum membership gets a free game download. Like horrible. Well, it's better than nothing. They didn't have to do anything. They canceled it before the year was up. You got a statue the first year. I know, I know. Trust me, I know. Mine's still in the box. I don't know. What do you want, Jose? The first system. <laughs> That's it. The first system? The first system that they had. You want Game & Watch? An NES? Wait, what? <laughs> the, the, the Club Nintendo system. Oh, 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 um, sorry. I see what you mean. I mean, except, like, instead of... I don't know. I guess there is really no... You do it for them to, like, register games to, you have to buy them digitally. Because, I mean, if you buy physical games, you have to put in a code of some sort. Yeah. So well, no, that's the thing, is the... Presumably, the system can recognize the game going forward. No, I mean, codes they, well, I mean, they do. Oh, yeah. Because it recognizes when you, like, when you have it purchased. Well, it recognizes that because um, you're downloading it from an account link. I mean, when it reads the disc, you'll go, you got this game, and add to your library. So yeah, that's right. But, yeah. I mean, like, actually registering it to that. Yeah. Then, well, that will for sure happen. I guarantee that. Because happens. like they don't obviously you don't want like people just borrow games like crazy and then it's like you get the Rickman guarantee. True, true. Well, he poked a hole in it, so I don't guarantee it anymore. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I think I just want a unified messaging system that's convenient and that will be there. I that think. doesn't work. Not like 
freaking Smash Brothers where you go to your friends list and it says you and it told you do you want to send a message? You send the message, but they have to go into Miiverse and can uh, yeah, just yeah. to look at it. Monster Hunter got it right, and they don't even get mo- like notified that they got a message. See, that's why I think they brought on DNA specifically is for weird things like that. Like Nintendo's just not an internet well versed in the internet is a nice way of putting it. So I think that's why I brought DNA because DNA someone at DNA is gonna go that's stupid. Let us show you how to do it right. Like, there's no way that would fall through the cracks when you have one of the base mold game makers doing it. Like, they use, you know, smart devices with consistent messaging services all day, every day. So they definitely are aware. But, but yeah, I think for me, I think for me, I'd like it to be more than just digital digital um, discounts, which mm-hmm. I want basically confirm is going to happen in my past financial briefings, like a year ago. But I think, I think there's there's something to be said for. <clears throat> for the physical element of it like even if it's not physical prizes having events or something like meetups or some sort of thing where you can try out games early they did that a couple times in the early days of club nintendo you could try i remember i tried the dsi a couple weeks before launch like if they did something like that i'd be okay with that even but i just I, there needs to be a little more than just here's a digital reward that's meaningless as soon as your hard drive corrupts now granted mm-hmm. i'm saying that as someone whose hard drive destroyed itself on my wii u a few weeks ago but like there is something nice about tangible physical experiences or objects or something so we'll, we'll see what they do but a statue a statue would be cool yeah or gold Mario Amiibos for everyone mm-hmm. uh, but th- this does bring us to the third and final part of Nintendo's bombshell announcement puzzle if you will and that is the NX platform itself so this is where things get kind of crazy like really mm-hmm. crazy so yeah yeah like strap in folks so we know there's a new system codenamed NX Nothing official until 2016 in terms of what it is. But what I want to make a point of saying during the press conference about the mobile announcement is here's our here's how we're proving we're still dedicated to game consoles. Here's how we're proving you know the the membership account and our platform and everything is just as crucial to get you know it's just as crucial for our hardware as it is for anything else we might mention. Like the mobiles there, sure, but at the end of the day, we are a game hardware and software maker. This is the thing that will, the platform will bring people into this thing, and this is the thing. And the thing is, quote, a brand new concept. That is all we officially know. Officially. Nintendo was a new concept. Yeah, it's a, well, but that's the thing. It might not be like a crazy new control scheme, it might be something else. And where you can piece that together is through what they've said in the. No, 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 but this one might actually make like. Not in the sense of like a new control scheme, but in the sense of like a whole. It's going to revolutionize what a video game is. It's going to revolutionize what a console is, I think. Allow me to explain. So Chris Kohler, a wire, a writer at Wired, uh, did this piece where he basically pieced together all these different comments that Wada has made in financial briefings and whatnot from the last year that really show that with the, the little, NX what might not with be... With the string and the pins and the posters. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure if you walk <laughs> yeah. into his office, it looked like it was like a, a crime board or something. But, uh, yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. And we've talked about the individual components of this over the years. This is going back as far as two years about Wada's comments. But when you piece them together this directly, you're like, oh, Duh, this does make sense. So the brand new concept might be that it's not exactly a console and it's not exactly a handheld. He did very specifically say it's a new gaming platform. He didn't say what type of platform, what type of hardware. So here's the backstory of how you can come to that conclusion. So Iwata in the past has said pretty clearly Nintendo screwed up. The 3DS and the Wii U, they had trouble developing for both simultaneously. It led to game droughts. We have all been, we can all attest to that. There's been weird gaps in releases, especially on Wii U. And at the time, uh, he was saying that basically the problem was there were no shared resources between the 3DS and the Wii U. 
They're completely independent hardware, completely independent OSs, completely independent chip architecture. Mm -hmm. Nothing about them was shared. So to address this, as you may recall, about a year ago, Nintendo merged its home console and handheld teams into one giant division of the company. So instead of having, here's our walled-off DS guys, and here's our walled-off Wii guys, it's now, here's all our hardware dudes talking together, working together on the hardware and the OSs, and sharing ideas and whatnot. Which right there is, you know, leading more towards, well, maybe it's, maybe they're merging things a little. And uh, what he described at the time is that they want to, quote, absorb the Wii, the Wii U architecture. And he went on to say, direct quote, Home consoles and handheld devices will no longer be completely different. They'll become like brothers in a family of systems. So, so far it could be like, okay, so you have two that somehow crosstalk a little. But it doesn't necessarily mean that this thing's only going to play Wii U games, even though it's Wii U architecture, or it's only going to be one device. Because um, Wii U architecture could just mean they want to take what they know works for the Wii and apply it to the next gen. It does not necessarily mean they're going to literally be like, give us a Wii U disc, we're going to put it in your handheld now. <laughs> but uh, he... He, uh, he made a point of also stressing that um, it won't necessarily be a hybrid device, whatever they're building. He said if demand's there, maybe it's something they would make, but the idea is that um, they will have a successful range of devices in various form factors. He didn't say those exact words, but what he did say is they look at iOS and Android as examples of how to do this. And iOS and Android, he made the point of, well, they come in various shapes and sizes, and the reason they can pump out new iPhones and new Android so easily and have everything work nicely is they all share the same architecture. An iPad and an iPhone are kind of the same thing, just different sizes. A uh, Nexus 6 and a Nexus 9 tablet are kind of the same thing, just different sizes. So the idea for Nintendo is they're going to make kind of the same thing, just Even different sizes. think to last a year and then we have to replace all the time? Now, that I don't know, but what Chris Kohler at Wired was kind of implying with all this, which I think is actually kind of spot on, is whatever NX ends up being, it's not a console only, it's not a handheld only, it's going to be a platform, kind of like, I know I'm using the word platform a lot, but it's going to be a thing that can come in whatever shape and size Nintendo wants to make. Basically, I feel like it might end up being an inverted Wii U. There's definitely going to be some sort of handheld component. What if it's their own phone? No, they <laughs> won't do that at this point. If they're teaming up with DNA to make other phones. Also, the issue with that is that's more of a red ocean than even uh, getting in the mobile gaming scene. You going to buy it? No. Probably not. Nintendo doesn't make good UI for that. Like Actually, maybe I would show. to have probably, but um, <laughs> but no, it's not. It's not practical. But uh, yeah, I think whatever they're building with NX. Nintendo teamed up with iPhone with Apple. If Apple bought Nintendo, I would actually be okay with that. But um, <laughs> if to make a an iPhone six Nintendo edition, no, it'd just be the it'd be iPhone seven, and it would just have Mario. Just See, they don't need to buy Nintendo anymore because Nintendo's making games for them anyway. So. Those rumors are probably put to bed by this announcement. But no, the uh, the NX thing is, I'm pretty sure whatever the NX is, there's a handheld component. Because you don't merge in your handheld division, the 3DS division, say, you know what, we're not even using your 3DS architecture, we're just using the Wii U architecture. Everything about the 3DS is done and over with, as far as we're concerned with future development. No. We want you to come to Wii U, we want you to work with our console guys. There's no way they're doing all that just to then make some odd device that doesn't, that isn't the NX in some form. So whatever they're doing is going to have a handheld component, my guess is you could probably get a set-top box style thing to play it on the TV, or there's a dock you can get or something, but there will at least be some form of it for a TV, some form of it on the go. This It's happening. We're getting some sort of merged device. And then that, check out this full circle, that 
explains how the resources won't run low when they make smartphone games. Because remember a little bit ago, we were, all three of us were equally concerned that how are they going to make smartphone games if they can't even make console and handle games? Well, they don't have to anymore. Their priorities can shift from we have a console division and a handheld division to we have the NX division, which makes games across a variety of screen sizes that are all, at the end of the day, the same game. And then we have a smartphone division. So it's that console handheld, it's console smartphone. So you were just Done. fake concerned? What? You were just fake A little, it? because I was building up to this. Mm-hmm. See, and that's why I was saying that this is almost like a layer. You have to like add layers. Like It's like a... Ta- it's like you... That's why I was like, we have to lay the foundation here, then work like towards the end. building a narrative. I was course. building a narrative. Because basically, what if Chris Kohler is right, which I think he is certainly onto something, basically what we're seeing here is Nintendo's making a family of devices called NX, and then everything else will kind of hook into those, and everything will funnel people back to those. Because they still think dedicated devices are the way to go. They just maybe don't think handheld and console, two dedicated devices are the way to go. Merge everything together, give different screen sizes, you have a family of procs. And Nintendo's no stranger to the family idea. 3DS, 3DS XL, 2DS, new 3DS, mm-hmm. all four of those, one platform, a family of devices. Nintendo literally, call, literally calls it that. So if they could do exactly that, but double their game output by having only one platform instead of two, why not? It's easy money mm-hmm. for them. They can have a, they can have a 70 screen, they can have a TV, you can... And that's not to say there won't be enhancements. Maybe you get the... NX for your TV and the graphics are better. Much like you have an iPhone 6 and it has better graphics than an iPhone 4. But in many cases it can run the same games. There will of course be exceptions to that rule and there might be games that are like enhanced for TV or almost like how there's off TV play now. It could be the reverse and be like, you know, TV enhanced. But at the end of the day if they have one thing that they're developing for they can have games come out at a faster rate, they can have more games coming out and they address all the different types of games people want, and they still have the super handheld games in the form of their iPhone and Android games that they then use to funnel people back to their main platform. So they kind of hit all the marks. And we're already seeing them experiment with it. I mean, Donkey Kong Country Returns 3D, a Wii game on 3DS. Xenoblade Chronicles 3D, a Wii game on 3DS. They're already toying with it, seeing how it sells. Donkey Kong did quite well for them, so I think that was their first, like, yes, we're, we're on the right track here. Xenoblade's probably test number two. We're just guinea pigs. We're just guinea pigs. Now, I mean, a lot of this is speculative. A lot of what? Rhythm Heaven is just bonus games from the Wii. Rhythm Heaven is oh yeah, because it's a mix, huh? Yeah. Uh, I don't know what Rhythm Heaven falls collection. I mean, well, that's the thing is, I don't think these games you can pigeonhole. It's only for this reason because I think Xenoblade is just as much we want to get the name out there because we want Xenoblade to be our next big franchise as much as it is we're testing to see if people, you know, buy a handheld game on a console game on a handheld. And again, everything beyond is a brand new concept for NX. It's speculative. This was all kind of Chris Kohler stuff and then me running off what Chris Kohler suggested with my own ideas. But it makes sense based on everything I was been saying for the last year. It makes like kind of perfect sense. And it resolves so many of Nintendo's issues. And it allows them to do the platform thing. And, and the account system makes a lot more sense this way too. If they're like, yeah, we have a membership program across all devices, it's like, okay, so now you have 3DS, Wii U you know, phone, computer, and every variant of the NX, and presumably quality of life as well, since that hooks into Nintendo Network ID. So it all kind of makes sense. So we'll see. But uh, I think just to kind of, just kind of recap, to bring us all to a close, (laughs) the Nintendo's all-day announcement. So what we saw this past week was that Nintendo made pretty much a major play to put not just, uh, hold on, let me back up. 
I read my notes wrong. <laughs> I think what I was trying to say is I think that what we see is that Nintendo's making a major play here that will put them in the mobile space not just to make games, but to do it in a way that brings people back to their hardware. And then with that, they then plan to offer unique experiences on their hardware as well as on mobile. So no matter how people choose to digest Nintendo, they're making money. And then ultimately, Nintendo can make even more money if people hook into this platform of theirs, this new account system, and then go over to the NX, the Wii U, the 3DS, and go, oh, this is great, I'm going to buy this, instead of bringing customers they would previously have. Meanwhile, if they don't have that, they sell to people on the smartphones and they still have their info at a base level where they can get in-app purchases and that sort of thing. Basically, no matter how you look at it, no matter how you cut it, what Nintendo's doing here is kind of being really abnormally focused for them and very forward-thinking. <laughs> we, a year ago, joked that it seemed like they were just throwing ideas against the wall and seeing what would stick. We're like, oh yeah, they have quality of life. What is that healthcare thing? That makes no sense. They have <laughs> NFC toys. Is that even going to work? I mean, it did. It boosted their profit a little. Oh, what are they doing about Wii U and 3DS? Oh, they're just going to keep trucking along and hoping fans keep buying games. Okay, I guess that will, sure enough, slowly turn their profit around. But it's just like a bunch of haphazard things kind of coexisting next, like in parallel. Now what they're doing is they're saying, hey, everything we're working on has a central core. It all is pushing us forward. We're doing this platform that can scale dynamically. So in theory, they can upgrade every year, like you said, could be a possibility, and make money that way, or they and not leave people behind, or they can realign their resources, or they can bring in people that would never normally touch Nintendo. Yeah, I can see this all of this is a very strategic move forward. Like It's a very thorough, strategic approach to their future. Sounds scary. I don't know if it's scary. What were you trying to say? I think I cut you off. Uh, I guess I, I don't know, I'm just thinking about it. It really does make sense. Like I could definitely see someone who is in the market for a console that has been playing a bunch of these Nintendo games would definitely lean towards Nintendo then and use yeah. the console because they've been playing these games already. As opposed to just like someone that will say like, oh wait, I don't want to pay $300 more for just to play this game in particular, but yeah. if they actually want a console, then yeah. Yeah, no, I think you're right because that almost goes back into that ecosystem thing because it's not even like oh yeah I'm used to Nintendo it's also oh hey I have like 20 friends that I made on the Nintendo service yeah, exactly. just people going. I know from my iPhone people you know that I just randomly and now they're all coming with me to the console so it's almost like you're, on, it's like preloading your friends list into a console that doesn't exist yet <laughs> essentially it's, it's, it's really really smart like I'm kind of sh shocked at how thorough and strategic Nintendo was with this it makes total sense and it's weird for a company that a year ago was scrambling like they had no idea what they were doing. And even quality of life fits into this because quality of life is going to use the same account system, I'd assume. They haven't confirmed that. But quality of life uses Nintendo Network IDs. I'm pretty sure this account system will end up being Nintendo Network ID driven. I mean, this is the way they describe this account system is basically what Nintendo Network ID was supposed to be originally. And then it's kind of getting there, but it's like, you know, kind of staggering around. And what's interesting to me is this Nintendo's betting big on this. This isn't like, they tiptoe through a lot of stuff. This isn't them tiptoeing. They bought a 10% stake in DNA. It's like $180 million. They, DNA bought 1% stake in them. They're seeing their stock go up 27.5% immediately following this news. They are talking a big game. They are changing how they make game systems. It's not going to be console handheld. It might be some hybrid thing. They are, this is like a completely new playbook for Nintendo. So I think the next couple of years as fans is going to be really interesting and probably really, really cool because this is, this is like 21st century Nintendo now. So. Robo-Reggie. So what? Robo-Reggie. Robo-Reggie, yeah. Reggie Fizemek will be yeah. a real thing. 
Yeah, no, but I, I'm personally very excited. Like, I don't know if you could tell as I was talking to that, I was getting like, more and more like, oh, yeah, it's good to do this and that. And it, like, it's it's really cool to me. Like, I, I'm excited. This is what I ultimately want them to do in terms of not necessarily go mobile, but in terms of, like, unify their stuff, have, like, a, 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 a plan, <laughs> not just kind of throw things against the wall and see what sticks. Not stuff. just a machine that plays games and that's it. Hmm. No, it could just play games. But the fact of the well, matter is... It just play games. Well, see, now... <laughs> I would want that because then it won't have a hard drive crash as easily like mine did with my Wii U a couple weeks ago. But if Nintendo's going to embrace digital and try and loop people in and get themselves back on their feet, they need yeah. this sort of breadth of a... I've seen breadth a lot this episode. They need mm-hmm. a huge gargantuan long-term strategy and this would be it. So, so that, that, to me, kind of wraps up the big mobile news. I don't know what else there <sighs> could be to say. Only a sigh, <laughs> but I, I personally I found it to be extremely interesting, which is probably why I talked the vast majority of it. But there are some individual game news to discuss. And of course, we have game impressions. So for those still listening who powered through that, thanks and stick around because we're gonna start with a rumor because rumors are always fun. So um, let's talk Lego. Everyone loves Legos, right? Yeah. Lego movie was good, right? Okay. Okay, you guys own a Blu-ray copy right behind me. You can't hate it that much. You own the special edition Blu-ray. It's the, 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 the disc case. It's the dude's face. That's a rhetorical question. It, I mean, I was hoping you'd be, you guys would be like, I love I was hoping someone would be like, yeah, everything's awesome, but no one took the Well, I mean, bait. I like the Lego movies, but you don't see me collecting tons of... Oh, actually, I looked around, like, I thought it was a Lego Ninja Turtle there. Actually, yeah. there is Lego Ninja Turtles. We don't have anything. Well, anyway, just the reason I bring it up, <laughs> since you guys didn't really play along, I'm just going to cut you off now. <laughs> All right. A lot of people, some people like Legos, yeah. Well, the reason I bring it up is uh, they have a very popular toy line, one of the biggest in the world. They have a very popular video game line, one of the most, you know, decent-selling, <laughs> multiple-time-a-year licensed games out there. And yeah, now they want to combine them. Well, what about a Kinect? Not the not the connects connects yeah, yeah without them they're nowhere near as big as Lego Lego at one point I don't but know if it's I mean true. but they like have they have Mario they have all that Mario stuff it's basically Lego you're undermining my point Elvis <laughs> what I was getting at no but I mean that's true and connects are kind of more interesting because they have like knobs and screws looking things but the point I'm getting at is Lego's doing something kind of interesting well it's not exactly interesting but. <laughs> <laughs> well, the reason I would say it's not interesting is because it, we should have seen this coming. This is like, well, duh, once you realize it. They're doing the Toy to Life thing. Mm-hmm. Rumor has it they're making NFC Legos, and they will hook into a game called Lego Dimensions. They saw Skylanders, and they saw, well, that sells a bunch. They saw Disney Infinity, and saw, well, that sells a bunch. And they saw Amiibo, hard... and went, well, that's also selling. I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around how exactly this will work. Now, it's only a rumor, according to VideoGamer.com. I mean... They're little NFC Lego people. No, 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 you're looking at it wrong. I know, I am. Well, here's the thing. Let me... I have a vision. That's, that, that's, that's the problem. Like, I'm, I'm just saying, like, wait, they can't be little statuettes. Cause no, they won't. Legos. They won't, I don't think. Here's all oh, we they know. can't be. Here's what we know officially. Here's what we know officially. According to the rumor. Officially by the rumor. Rumored officially. <laughs> the official uh, rumor. The official rumor is that they are making a game called Lego Dimensions that will use NFC toy-to-life concept. Uh, WB is not confirming it. WB Games, who would make this stuff, who would publish this. But developer Traveler's Tale, who makes all the Lego games, one of their, one of their t- team members said, quote, watch this space. So it's happening. That's a not-quite-confirmation. So you do raise a good point, though, of how it would work, and I think what... Well, I don't know what kind of game it is, because they... See, that's, that's where I think you're not thinking broad enough. Because, okay, Skylanders. Skylanders, the idea was simple. You import a character, you're done. You import him back, you're done. 
Disney Infinity was like, let's do the same thing, but uh, let's throw in some, like, enhancements with, with, like, like, you could customize your character a bit by doing, like, enhancements, like, the power thing. So in-game, you could do stuff by combining things in the real world, right? Amiibo went on a weird left turn. Yeah, you can. You get power-ups to your character in-game if you put a power disc with the character. I mean, you load them in separately, but then it enhances your character. <laughs> yeah. Point is, you customize your character using other physical things. Okay. Amiibo went totally left turn, and it was like, let's just give people DLC. Let's give them a hat. Scan Kirby, you get a hat. And then Smash Bros. obviously used it more Skylander style, where you're going back and forth. What if Lego saw what Disney did and said, that's not enough? What if we build further, pun intended here? What if what Lego did is, why don't we put the NFC chips in the blocks... And what if we have the blocks somehow communicate with one another? And what if we make digital physical hybrid Minecraft? What if their game isn't like any other game? What if it's not an action game or adventure game or you load your character in to fight them? What if what they're doing is, hey kids, make your Lego environment, put it in the game, do crazy video game stuff in the environment you just built in real life? You could already do that in Minecraft without buying anything. What? Yeah. Wait, you already, what? You could already, like, build your own stuff in Minecraft. That's kind of redundant. No, no, no. The idea is kids like physical Legos, kids like digital Minecraft. What if you let That's the kid take the physical really Le- Lego and basically... How would it... How so? Like, building a whole environment just to put it in your game? Not necessarily an environment, but you could build structures and plop them in. I don't mean... I, okay, it's, it's it's easy, I don't mean build, like, a hero room. It's easier to build the structure in Minecraft already. But kids, like, have... Okay. I see what you're saying. Well, what yeah, I'm saying is like, kids what? like the physical... Like, kids like physical toys, too. You know what's funny too that um, they could build like a lot of stuff like with Lego just to itself and then kind of use those models and build it in Minecraft. Why have to rebuild it when you can just have the Legos know what you built and be in the game and then you can just do video game stuff on top of them? That's what I'm saying. If I was a kid and someone said to me, hey, uh, you just built this awesome Lego, awesome Lego castle. Do you want to sit and rebuild it digitally for two hours with your mouse? Or, hey, Timmy, your Lego castle's in the game now. Here's some missions on top, like Disney Infinity style random missions on top of it to do. Pretty cool. See, that's my point. There's nothing saying anywhere in this room that the NFC they're using is identical, or even NFC at all. If you know, they're not saying it's the same tech as what other companies have. So maybe Lego has a way that I they mean, can cross talk. Every single, every single brick. It, I, don't think it'd be an, I don't think it'd be a full NFC chip. It have to be like some sort of mat or something. I don't know. I that's don't know. I don't know how it would work, but. Yeah, that would be a unique take, and that's something I think could be huge for Lego. I mean, they already kind of have the digital know-how. They have Mindstorm. Like or not Mindstorm, the robots. The, the robots. It's going to be a stage of some sort. They have to use cameras. I don't think it's going to use cameras, because kids are going to wreck those. I think what they could do is have... Because putting an NFC chip in every single brick sounds... NFC's ridiculous. not that expensive. Well, yeah, I don't know. If the bricks might be bigger. The bricks might be different. They might be kind of presets that you work with. I don't know exactly that's how it would Lego. work. Well, yeah, I mean, no, no, no. very... It might be like they could be somehow have accelerometers to sense their positioning compared to other bricks. They can, if they know it's vertical and they know that four bricks over, there's another vertical beam with the same chip. They can assume there's blocks in between, or you can, or maybe, or maybe, or maybe when you load it in, it says, "Okay, let's put some finishing touches. Tell us what goes here, here, and here." Like I don't know how it would work. I'm just saying if Lego wanted to be unique and wanted to capitalize on the Minecraft frenzy, if they if they made a game like that, it would. Two birds, one stone, it essentially, and be really unique. The idea of building something once and then transferring it somewhere else, like like you're building your own, yeah, Sim City of Lego, yeah, essentially, and then it somehow goes in the game. Again, I don't know how exactly the mechanics would work, but the tech is there to some extent. extent. And we all know, and I mean, we all know. Also, it fits the rumored name. Like it's not going to be as cool as 
what we hope it will I, be. I know. I'm pipe dreaming a little. But the thing is, the game is called Lego Dimensions. And I mean, granted, that can mean, oh, your character is in two different dimensions, the real one and the virtual one. But I like to think it means you have the physical dimension of Lego as a thing, and they have the digital one, and they cross talk completely. But who knows? I mean, it's it's a pipe dream, but I think it'd be super awesome and super unique. It would actually prevent what's going to easily become this toy-to-life fatigue. Because remember when Rock Band and Guitar Hero were the it things, and everyone had the plastic instruments? I know, they're back. coming back now. But remember, if, like... At one point, it bottomed out for like five years, and they didn't make any, and sales were so horrible that they had to like practically give away some of the drum kits and stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel like if Lego were to just do, hey, we're exactly the same as Amiibo Skylanders and Disney, we're going to get much closer to that bombing out. I mean, even Angry Birds has its weird little toy-to-life thing for iPhone, yeah. and that never really took off, I did it? That. Yeah, exactly. It's like, like if everyone keeps trying to do it, people will just lose interest. They need something like interesting, different, unique. Lego cities inside of you, in your real world, in your digital world. I move my chair around for anyone wondering what that creaking sound is because I'm moving between the physical and digital. But it's expensive. You need to buy the Legos too. Well, yeah, that's the yeah, thing. That's the other thing. Pretty expensive as it is. The other thing that's kind of interesting is they said it's gonna cost. Um, they said they're gonna have special. To- they're gonna have special like versions. set and then the set already comes. With it might be something game. like going forward. Like yes. Every set. Yes. 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 Elvis, I can hit it. Yeah. If yeah, if you buy, it's not gonna be every set. They said there's gonna be special Legos that support it. That's part of the rumor. Well, so I mean, it's I mean, gonna be special. They're gonna make special versions of Legos. So I suspect it'd be something almost like that, where it's like maybe the game's a free download. Maybe they do a crazy iOS they're, they're, style free to play where you download the core like, thing. Uh, the thing we saw like from Transformers, the new toys. Oh yeah, every single every single toy has yeah. like a little. All the robots in the skies line toys, um, they all come with um, QR thing that you scan for every toy. That oh, you I don't think they're gonna do QR. <laughs> no, no, yeah, it's the same yeah. concept. No, yeah, 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 like every figure has a QR code like on them. It's like their Autobot logo, and then like you can use that character in an, I- in an iOS game. See, I would not be surprised if it, like, and we don't even know by the way if it's coming to what platforms. I don't. Who knows if it's coming to Wii U? Legos had good success on Wii U, so I assume it is, which is why we're talking about it. But um, I don't know why they couldn't do something like that. You download a free game, it's basically a empty world. You can do some stuff. There's some pre-made levels and whatnot, but it's like, hey, did you get the new Space Explorer Lego set? Because that's a thing. Uh, build it and check it out. It's compatible with the game. You can import it in. Like, there's ways it can make this work. You don't buy the game. You buy the sets, and the game, the software's free, and the sets are priced maybe $20 more. It's like, oh, well, it's also a game, sort of. And parents might... I mean, it might be a tough sell. It might not. I don't know. But <laughs> it's certainly more interesting than just, like, Lego Batman 3, now with a Lego character that you happen to buy in real life for three bucks. But, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, that was my water for anyone wondering what that sound is. We'll see. That it, 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 uh, I think that would be cool. I'm full of big ideas today. <laughs> Your yeah, silence makes me... If you buy the set, and then, like, I guess if you... If it comes with a code or something, let's say you put it on a computer, you don't know exactly what pieces you have, I guess. And then you can build on the computer. True, but I mean, see that that's I mean that that's the oh yeah, easier the, way out than doing no, it with the tech, yeah. No, but I think yeah, it's cool. Like if you, if, the, if you if like I guess it limits you to, to like the set you have, then you build it, and then like oh this looks cool on the computer, let's build it on my actual Lego set. Yeah, you know what? Right? A lot of people do like prefer to do that. They like to build it first so they don't make a mess. Right. And then like when well, that's people that mess. like are doing it as adults or older yeah. folk. <laughs> Yeah. Kids aren't gonna be like, let me model this out real quick, like an architect. Like a six year old's not gonna do that. <laughs> but but uh, no, I don't think I would. Uh, <laughs> no, but um, what was I gonna say? Yeah, no, I think you're on to something there. 
maybe because again all I said was toy to life maybe the majority of bucks don't have it maybe there's a portal Skylander style and you build your Legos however you want in the real world you build your Legos however you want in the digital world you're playing with your, your little 8 year old playing with your Lego guy using your imagination the in the guy, real world mix and match and however you mix and match that's exactly how they come out in the game Cause every, like, or that or yeah we'll have like yeah but what yeah actually that could work too but what I was getting at which you could use a mix and match character for so you have your physical and your digital they could be totally different and there's a transport spot Wait, between the two so you can use your what what do they do it in Skylanders the mix and match oh, part? Yeah, yeah they do swap force but um Ooh, we got a fan I just know <laughs> that uh, I've never played Skylanders actually but um yeah you could in theory have like the kid playing in his real world imagination <laughs> his real world his real world in IRL you got the kid IRL and then he puts his Lego and he's like I'm gonna go into space now and puts the Lego guy on the thing and goes into the that. game and then there's all his pieces from real life in the game but he can configure them totally different and then there's the fact that it's in the game so there's all sorts of no rules of physics no rules of gravity he could be like no, you know, you get really creative, have things on the ceiling, have things on the floor. So you could also have two companion worlds, that crosstalk. That's another possibility. Who All these are way better than what they're going to do. I bet you at E3 they're going to be like, hey guys, you love the Lego movie, right? Well, check it out. Lego Batman. Yeah. Of Lego Batman. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what they're going to end up doing. But I like to think these are possibilities. Are you saying that they're going to come up with something better? No, I'm saying they're going to come up with something worse. I think oh, we're dreaming too I, big. Like, yeah. Yeah. But I wish that's what it was. That would be super cool. <laughs> The other kind of sort of on the cusp of being formally announced news to discuss is uh, is anything a like new... officially found? Nope, not this episode. Uh, NPD numbers in a few minutes, oh. and the games we've already oh. played and had in our lives because uh, those are real. I can, I have held <laughs> it in my hand. No, oh, no, I have not held Pokemon Shuffle. It's not real. I mean, it's digital. But anyway, the other kind of official news. This one maybe is more up the alley of true Nintendo fans like yourselves and me. Project Ukulele. Have you guys heard anything about this? I think I know the name. Yep. So, but would you like to expand on that? The people, well, <laughs> I guess some of the people that worked on the original Banjo Kazooie and the sequel and Donkey Kong 64 are making their own game. They're doing, they're building an Inafune. Pretty much. Difference is, uh, it's a group of them, not just one guy, and they are mimicking everything about the ye olden days. Uh, they're going to not just have a Banjo-Kazooie style game but they're mimicking the work environment of Rare at that time where everyone's kind of left to their own devices and they are bringing in composers from that time David Wise and Greg uh, no <laughs> and this is Greg Miller Greg yeah no not Greg Miller I just oh I hate that <laughs> he's alright he just left IGN he just left IGN good uh, well, oh, just get the really quick thought on I guess it's kind of Nintendo related because there, there's yeah, a yeah. Jurassic Park Lego coming out on every platform. Yes. And they had a rewind trailer uh, like where they kind of overanalyzed the trailer. As they do. And then uh, I just thought, like, I don't know why I watched it. I just decided to watch it. And then um, they're like, oh, my boss is watching me watch this game, so the pressure's on to be good. And then they got to this part where you know, these two guys running away from a dinosaur, and they just get that whole part completely wrong. That Well, well hold on. Damage control. It's not like we're perfect here. We've been corrected before. No, 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 I know. <laughs> but, like, you think, like, people that work in IGN that are, are meant to overanalyze the trailer mm-hmm. and actually, mm-hmm. like, get their info right. Right. Like, couldn't even... Like, well, basically, they had these two people running away from what I... Well, I guess what I felt, and obviously, like, almost everyone in the comments thought it was a Spinosaurus, the dinosaur from Jurassic Park 3. Sure, yeah. Like, it was, like, clearly a Spinosaurus, and there were these two people running, and then they're like, oh, that's the new dinosaur from Jurassic World. And then, um, and no, it's not. And that, and that one like looks like white and 
different. Well, anyway, so they're like, oh, and that must be Chris Pratt, and that must be this guy. Like, oh, yeah, I wonder why they're showing it from Jurassic World. And I just thought it was weird that... That they missed the mark that much. Yeah. Yep. Oh, they just seemed lost. And his boss there, too. That's... So that, yeah, they screwed up for his boss. How weird. Yeah. But anyway, the name I was looking for was uh, Grant Kirkhope. He was another big rare... He, yes, another rare composer with David Watch. But anyway, so they're bringing the band back together. See what I did there? Composers, band, back together? Nothing? No? Okay. Mm-hmm. And the game... <laughs> <laughs> the game, um, yeah. So the game, the company's called Playtronic Games. That's this new rare outfit of sorts. And at the uh, an expo at Euro Game, uh, Euro Gamer Expo that happened last week in Europe. There we go. Uh, they just shy. I mean, they announced it, but they didn't show anything. So here's what we know: it's gonna be in size, roughly the size, somewhere between Banjo Kazooie and Banjo Tooie. Like Banjo Kazooie, it's a 3D platformer. You're collecting things. This time it's running on unit on the Unity engine instead of whatever custom engine. And it won't be quite the collectathon Donkey Kong 64 was, but it will still include a lot of characters with googly eyes. They'll all be anthropomorphic animals, and the worlds look very banjo, DK, rare esque in design. They showed off some level art. They did not show the characters. Didn't but, they show the like, characters hiding in bushes? Yeah, but they're not the full character yet. We still don't know exactly. It looks like one's a lizard, maybe. But yeah, like, like some dude over. Yeah, uh, over exposure. Yeah, yeah. So, and you could like see it kind of clearly. Yeah, and what, and we do know that like Banjo Kazooie, there are two characters. Each has their own strengths, each has their own weaknesses, you're working as them together, and you're getting two levels to do it. What's different is it's not as linear. You're still collecting things to unlock new parts of the world and new levels, specifically their pages. Although, I don't know if this is a typo, someone called them pages, which would be so rare if that was the case, because mm-hmm. everything was like jiggy and thisy and natty in rare games. But uh, So maybe they're pages, but uh, they the worlds are a little bigger. There's a hub world that connects all of them, as in typical rare games. And they have a million bajillion collectibles. That's good. Yeah. So the plan is, it's not coming out for a while. They're going to do a Kickstarter in May, but they're already self-funding it. The Kickstarter's more gauge interest on platforms and to get the money to bring it to different platforms. And according to one of their guys, 499 out of 500 emails, I'm sure he's joking, but still are asking for it on Wii U. Given the history, I think it's safe to say it's going to be on Wii U. It's running Unity. It can work. Whatever happens to that lame the game? Unity, apparently. Yeah, it's a little glitchy, but... Well, they upgraded to Unity 5, so maybe not anymore. What lame game? Hat no, in Time? I don't no, know why no, I thought no, of that. No, no offense, Hat in Time. The X Mega Man dude. My number nine's coming out sometime this year, supposedly. That did oh. not deliver quite what it said it was going to be. Yeah. Once they switched from 2D like, to 3D, I was like, mmm. Because I, I backed And they it. asked for more money. And I know. I was there when yeah. he said it. It was... I think oh, I did a whole rant on here about it. Yeah, it was. It was bizarre. It was bizarre. But this one they're doing right. They're already funding it. Now they just want money to know where to put it. Cube's coming in summer. What is... Cube. Oh, yeah. Yeah, finally. Cube Director's Cut. This has been... Was a stick, like, pain point for like four episodes now. Is where is Cube Director's Cut? And it's coming this summer officially. What's that? Uh, it's like a Portal-esque first-person puzzle. Oh, I know what it is. But I could have really played like years ago but for some reason I'm just like dedicated like I'm persistent to play it on the Wii U cause you're just that dedicated to Nintendo well it's gonna be like a week before release and there's gonna be a Steam sale because it's, it's gonna, gonna like one dollar it's gonna come out in the summer yep. when Steam sales are happening yep. and it will be like a buck or something if it's brand new I don't think it'll be in the Steam sale but no it's been out for years no, but the... Oh, Director's Cut? Then, yes. No, like the regular Cube game. Yeah, I'm saying I don't think Director's... Oh, oh. maybe the original will be a buck. Oh, yeah. The Director's Cut. Wasn't there like some new info on that and play animation game? Oh, Ar- Armor Crawlers? Right. Possibly. 
I know. Well, I just aren't going Nintendo with like some screenshots. Oh, there's tons of indie news all the time, but um, sometimes I'm like, I, I don't know which we should cover. They're definitely much further in development. They're, they're doing a lot more. Yeah. Like themes, fully animated and stuff. It's pretty cool. There's a lot. There's, honestly, there's a lot of cool indie stuff. The only reason I picked Project Ukulele is because it has such direct ties to Nintendo's past. Because Rare at that point was a Nintendo company. With Checkered Cash. So, yeah. So, and Banjo Kazooie's like, that's one of the all time great N64 games. I mean, it's one of my favorites. So, I'm, I'm super excited about that. It's kind of weird that Microsoft added a the to the name. The I, mean, Banjo, I mean, and. Banjo and Kazooie? Yeah, they did to differentiate it a little. From their own property? Well, I think they wanted to show that's a new Banjo Kazooie. The auto run one, or whatever. However, people describe the demo. Oh, that's not even a real game. That was an experience that's... demo. Oh. Yeah, it's never coming out. I don't think at least not that I hope not that's awful but um, the, yeah the thing they showed is South by Southwest right yeah yeah, yeah. which is and if it does you know what here's where the original developers are they're working on Project Ukulele so I'd rather take this over whatever Ghost of Rare's Pass is making mm -hmm. the people uh, making Connect Sports essentially yeah basically Rare's not what it was but yeah so I'm, I'm excited I'm probably gonna back it on Kickstarter I'd imagine especially if we use it a goal did Blinks who, who made Blinks account Microsoft Game Studios. Oh, that's what it was. Back in 2002. That was like... That's kind of Luigi's Mansion thing going on, right? Like a they had a vacuum, yeah. Mm. Well, Time Sucker. I don't know what it's actually called, well, but... It was like a vacuum that was for time. But, but yeah, that's... Uh, I think that's actually pretty much it for game news, but there is Jason Sales Corner before we get to our impression. So I'll try and run through this one a little quick, because I just got evil glances all around. So, uh, MPD Group put out its February sales numbers here for the U.S., and uh, that means it's Jason's sales corner, and that means that for... Yeah, thank you. And uh, you know what? What an upbeat sales corner this is going to be. It's going to be so upbeat, because it's positive news all around, which is very rare for a Nintendo podcast to have positive <laughs> sales news all around. Oh, rare! It's very Banjo-Kazooie for Nintendo to have good news. Uh, but yeah, so overall... Industry-wide, things are actually pretty good. So, software sales rose 7% 7 year-over-year. Hardware rose 10%. What's interesting about that hardware number is uh, home console sales actually dropped 5%. The thing that boosted overall numbers up 10%, oh, the no. new 3DS XL. The, someone got an email. The launch, of, uh, the launch of the new 3DS XL is what pushed it over, basically, because that thing... That thing did well. So the 3DS platform as a whole in February, which includes regular 3DS, the new XL, the old XL, and the 2DS, saw 395,000 units sold in about 17 days, which which is pretty good. It's uh, it made it the top-selling platform of February. That's very careful wording on Nintendo's part. That's their wording, not mine, because PlayStation was the top-selling hardware. PlayStation 4 had the best-selling individual piece of hardware, but if you pile together the 3DS family into a platform, it surpassed mm -hmm. it. That's PR spin 101, everyone. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was the best-selling uh, platform. And uh, the launch of the 3DS XL actually had sales that were 130% higher than how the original 3DS XL did back in August 2012 during its first couple weeks. Like the one-to-one day-to-day comparison. 130% more new ones over old ones. So to put those numbers in perspective a bit... Uh, the first two months of 2015 versus the first two months of 2014, 3DS sales were up 90%. If you look at how it did in February this year, it did better in February 2013 and February 2014 combined. So we're having a pretty good month. Pretty good month. To make it even better, um, there's the software numbers. Majora's Mask Ooh. 3D, between physical and digital copies, 515,000 units. That's over half a million in 17 days, which makes it 
the top selling it's game. Been seventeen days since it came out. Seventeen days that was chart counted on this I'm chart. Seventeen days since they were charted that it made that much. Jeez, sounds fantastic. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, well, yeah, you know why it's well. You know why it's well, Jose? I'll tell you why it's well. Fastest selling Zelda portable game, portable Zelda game ever. ever? That means it did better than Minish Cap. That means it did. <laughs> that means it did better than A Link Between Worlds, Ocarina of Time 3D, Oracle of Seasons and Ages, That's Link's Awakening, life. Phantom Hourglass, Spirit Tracks. I'm just naming games now. A Link, A Link to the Past, plus Four Swords. Link Between Worlds. Yeah. Yeah, this is I the best-selling handheld well. Zelda, Zelda ever. Um, you ready for more wows? Yeah. But but before we get to those wows, like, well, you need to mentally and physically prepare. So I'll give you a moment to prepare because it's about Monster Hunter. Thank you. I will say that uh, I actually am really happy that this sold as much as it did because this. Too. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this 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 Zelda in particular um, is just so offbeat and weird and odd that like I hope it makes Nintendo get a little more adventurous with Zelda's going forward. It was a throwback to your tweet. Yeah. It was a throwback to... It's my tweet fleshed out a little. For those following me on Twitter, I made the same <laughs> combat about a week ago. Yeah. High five? More people to buy this game. Yeah. What? What do you think it was? The cult status. The cult status, the pent-up yeah, demand, and the fact that since 2000, it got way, 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 way more um, attention than it used to have. By the way, are you now mentally and physically prepared for the next bit of news? Yeah. So Zelda wasn't the only game that had its best performance ever. Monster Hunter 4, thanks in part to launch, was the fastest mm-hmm. selling, and you, and you, mm-hmm. both of you. Mm-hmm. The collector's edition, that helped him more. Fastest, se- okay, fine. Wait, Nonetheless. Does the 3DS count as a sell for Monster Hunter? That's true, he actually beats me now. I think it does. That's not what he just said. Why did you say that's true to something unrelated to what he said? <laughs> because I heard, <laughs> I, I just heard, wait, doesn't getting the new, the Monster Hunter new 3DS XL also helped them yeah and then you said that's true he beat Monster Hunter 3 no no I said that's true he beat me he beat me oh because I, I said about the so the I missed ulti- her so I said, I'm the fool because I said okay. about the ultimate the collector's edition gotcha which means I helped them more right you're right I misheard you I'm, the, I'm gonna blame the cold medicine that's what I'm gonna do man I'm so sick uh, but <laughs> the um, yeah no Monster Hunter 4 sold 290,000 copies in February in that same 17 days wow. which so means it's, it's the copies my new 3DS yeah I think so it includes it Okay. It uh it made it the fastest selling Monster Hunter in the U.S. ever, fastest selling on any platform that Monster Hunter's ever been on, mm. and it put it in the number ten hardware or number ten spot on the overall overall software chart. What spot on the number ten? Number ten. It put it oh. in the number ten spot of the overall software oh. chart. But for was, a game this because you would have said top ten. Yeah, no, for a game this niche, that's impressive. This is I remember a year. It is pretty niche. It's not a very mainstream. It's no Madden. Just put a it. It's always mainstream. It's no Madden. It's no Madden. And you know, I only play Madden. <laughs> Don't be Madden. I only play Madden. Or Joe Montana 16, the hot new Xbox exclusive football game that Xbox making themselves. Not official yet, but it will be. Um, I mean, I did grow up in Montana, so I feel obligated to go buy an Xbox and play that game because my state's in it. You don't? I do feel obligated. Joe Montana. Montana. My home state. Montana. Anyway, gotcha. uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, what was I even saying? Oh, yeah, Monster Hunter. It, uh, yeah, it was the. It really embodies the idea that I want to said a few months ago, I guess that um, not months, years, really. That Nintendo's gonna help Japanese developers that back them with their games, bring their games to the West, and make them popular in the West. Because Nintendo's been putting a lot of marketing into this thing ever since Monster Hunter Three, the first one, and now finally it's paying off. So. There you go. In other sales news, the eShop's even doing pretty well. It, uh... <laughs> what? What are you... 
So Jose's randomly drawing pictures of me. That's not creepy at all. But yeah, uh, I was going to say that the eShop's also doing well because um, Azure Striker Gunvolt just passed 100,000 in downloads, which is pretty good for a little indie, little indie that only, shooter. That one was under 10 bucks? Yep. I think so. No. It was more. I think it was 15 or 12 or something. Wow. But, but yeah, so so that's that's 3DS in a nutshell. On Wii U side of things, there weren't really quite as big of releases to work with, so we don't have quite as good of numbers. Uh, all besides Kirby? That's out? my point. There's nothing. Wow. Uh, all Nintendo said is that you so far... Kirby. What? We all have Kirby. I have Kirby. I helped. You didn't. No. But uh, and no. all Nintendo said about Wii U so far is that... Wii? The original Wii? Yeah, like the Metroid Prime 3... Um, they don't release to... those numbers, no. They don't release numbers that have a tie into the software. I'm curious how... I mean, how they're charging. Yeah, I'm just gonna wait. You know, you can hear our full... My, he he played it with me. We have full impressions in our previous episode of this very show. I'm not interested in impressions. I'm interested in why he doesn't have it. He left a bad impression, except it didn't. It seemed like a game that I could definitely wait on. See? It seems like a game he can definitely wait on. Hmm. Anyway, uh, sure so the... Waiting. So the I I haven't in like it, but the um, impressions last episode. Okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, yeah. So the Wii U is chugging even without the the main game. It's kind of trucking along. Sales so far in 2015 have been up 20 percent these first two months versus how it was a year ago, which is good. Um, but Nintendo won't give hard numbers, but the leakers will. So we now know currency of cur- currency cur- courtesy of leaks and supposed reports. That 95,000 Wii U's were sold in February. Remember when 60,000 used to be impressive and that was like going into the holidays? We're now at 95,000 coming out of the holidays. That's, that's pretty good. No. It, well, you don't listen to the show enough, do you? <laughs> <laughs> but it, uh, yeah, no, it's 95,000 definitely. Things are moving in the right direction slowly but surely. Um, Software wise, since you kind of asked not about these games, uh, Smash Bros. for Wii U has sold 1.5 million units to date. And Amiibo have now sold over 3.5 million figurines. Yeah, since it came out. Like it came out. Today, Saturday. No, to date, as of this, as Nintendo's press release. Let me be clear. Fine. All the numbers I'm sharing, everyone, are relevant, or as of the time they were published, whenever that happened to be. So, to date, as of then, it sold 1.5 million copies. Also, I bet you it was like 1,542,326, not 1.5 even. Some kid was gonna brag to his friend that he knew about the sales corner from listening to Jason's sales corner, and he's gonna say to date, and but even then he'd be wrong because it'd be a different day by the time he tells that's his friend. Well, that's what he'd be so wrong. he's already wrong. That's, that's, that's why you need to give him that information. All right, you know what, uh, Jonathan? I'm sorry, Jonathan. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's usually Timmy, but I want Jonathan this time. Jonathan, I'm, I'm terribly sorry. I'm a horrible, horrible podcast host, and never listen to anything I say that has to date at the end of it. If it doesn't say today, it's 100% accurate, even when it's just a rumor. There, there we go. But yeah, so Smash sold 1.5 million as of this report. Uh, Amiibos have sold 3.5 million here in the U.S., which means that roughly 2.5 Amiibo are sold for every one copy of Smash. So there's something to digest in that. I just don't know what. And uh, lastly, not official number, but since we're talking Kirby, February's one big release of Kirby uh, in the one week it, ch- it was on the chart, it sold 52,000 units, physical only. We don't know digital plus physical, which is what all those other numbers are. What does that mean? I don't know. It's definitely not a blockbuster hit. It's definitely not bombing. But I think we need to wait for March's numbers to see how well it did. But it's off to a decent enough start. They can't regret releasing it. They certainly sold double what Wonderful 101 sold in its first couple weeks. So, go Kirby. Yeah. 
I know it was much riskier. Property, yeah, Kirby. Kirby. Kirby's a pretty safe one. Sure, people yeah. bought it because it was Kirby before realizing what kind of game it was. It sold more than Marvel Hall One, but less than Bayonetta Two. Just, just chew on that. Yeah, I mean, probably sold less than God of War Three. And <laughs> but, but, but these so, are all so these are all other these, 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 these are all first party <laughs> Nintendo games. You see, see that that's the connection. God of War Sony. How dare you bring that onto this podcast? <laughs> okay, it sold less than Smash Brothers. Probably sold more than Wii Party. No, actually, not. yeah, Jay, we probably bombed. Oh, okay. There you go. All right. Want, want well, it gives a, it gives a perspective to listeners of where Kirby's ranking compared to other games. Well, I just give them two more games. Exactly, you're helping me. Yeah, <laughs> you're trying to hurt me. You're helping me. You're backfiring. Uh, <laughs> they want to play God of War Three Remastered though. Oh yeah. Oh, you mean on the PlayStation Three Remastered, oh, aka right. the PS4, the PS3R? Mm-hmm. I'm trolling now. Yeah, no, I don't get why everything's being remastered for PlayStation. Yeah, that game really looked really good. Nice. Like honestly, when I was watching the trailer, that's how I remembered it looking. In my memory, like oh your memory, yeah, my memory. the fog of memory. Wait, no, that's nothing. That's the fog of war. We, we, we need to see comparisons to see how. Yeah, it's not, yeah. It's not like um. It's not night and day. Yeah, I mean, def- things definitely. It might be once you see comparisons. Things definitely. No, I guarantee they're not switching night and day. I'm pretty sure nighttime will still be nighttime and daytime will still be. Uh, I'm pretty sure they'll look pretty uh-huh. different because uh-huh. I remember Luigi's Mansion looking really good in my head, and then when I played it recently. Like in the last, within the last five years, I was like, "Whoa!" It's, oh yeah, our, we make perfect. things look better than they are in our head. Metroid yeah. oh, yeah, still looks right. amazing to me in my head, but then when I bust out my N sixty four, I'm like, uh, "What?" Like you bust out your N sixty four? I don't have to bust it out; it stays <laughs> on the bottom of my TV at all times. <laughs> again, we were playing in three D. I wonder how much of an impact that made. Quite of worth it. Probably make it better. Will this even be in three D? Probably not. Well, anyway, so those are February sales <laughs> numbers. Um, takeaway is, I think that Nintendo had a pretty solid month. Uh, it's kind of funny how after all these years of like doom and gloom and Nintendo's this is the end and us being like oh maybe they have a chance but things aren't looking up now they have a decent for February probably their best I haven't, I'm not even seeing them on top of the charts like best in a while and they have a solid plan for the future with all the stuff we talked about in the first half of the show it's like wow Nintendo's like not the same Nintendo they were three months ago wow wow Predator and Mortal Kombat X that's the news oh yeah Jay didn't work yeah. I've been Mortal Kombat X I know I know I know <laughs> I know it's a Jason fighting game. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill it. It's called Mortal Kombat. I'm gonna kill it in Mortal Kombat. Hope you do. You see, you see, there's a pun there. The pun being, Jason kills, and killing it is a term for doing well. So, I what I was it. saying I was, <laughs> I know you did. Uh, <laughs> now, the the one thing about February's numbers, real quick, that is possibly cause for concern is the 3DS did great, the new 3DS XL. But is this like a one-off? Like everyone that wanted one got one. Or is it could continue doing great for next? Like, is this a stopgap to the sales decline, or is this actually the turnaround point? I don't know if anyone's one on one got one because the majority's mass sold down. It's true, it's true. But yeah. they're not replenishing that one, so I don't know if people will ever. Come I thought back. they were. Like, there was are a they? Little... Not that I'm aware. Of. Well, either way, I guess the question becomes: Are we seeing a pivot point for Greece where it's actually going to rebound now, or is this kind of a one off? Like, oh yeah, we had a little bump in the, a little boost, and that's back to low, low, low. So we'll see. That was not a Flow Rider reference. Do not give me that. <laughs> he gave this look like, what are you doing? That wasn't. I just, I didn't say it right if it was. But. All right. So tell me about Monster Hunter, guys. But that, <laughs> let's just move over to what we're playing. Um, yeah, you guys have been playing so Monster Hunter. I've been right? playing Pokemon Shuffle. 
I'm playing Pokemon <laughs> Shuffle, buddy. I was supposed to be playing Codename Steam, and I did start playing Codename Steam, but then Monster Hunter took priority because we don't want this to be a four-hour episode. So, yeah, Codename Steam's coming up down the road. That means Majora's Mask is dead in your library. I mean, nothing's ever really dead until the day is erased. So tell me about Monster Hunter, guys. Tell me about Monster Hunter. Well, you guys are the fanatics. What makes Monster Hunter good is still... It's a game that never ends. It's still definitely present. Um... Yeah, I guess you could see just like some of the new stuff. Um, I guess like uh, this is just brand new monsters. They're bringing back a lot of old monsters, especially a lot of monsters from the very first Monster Hunter, which obviously I wasn't ever even played. I actually didn't play a lot of Monster Hunters. Now I think about it. He started on three. Yeah, but there was uh, But even though just telling you your history. Yeah, but Capcom does that thing where they make like two or three versions of every single right, game. Right. So we really missed out on like four seven. or five. More like seven. And every single version had like new monsters. No, they had all those online ones. Yeah, yeah. In addition to that, though, well, either way, like they're bringing back more. Like this version has more monsters in it than any other monster, and Monster Hunter Three Ultimate had a ton of monsters, and it also has two new weapons, which is pretty cool. There are more. Two. Yeah. Only the charge blade and the lance. Yeah. That's it. Yep. That's it. Huh. The last game also introduced two new weapons: the dual blades and switch axe. Switch axe. Yep. It also introduced. Oh. I just didn't realize, or just remembered, this game also took away swimming. The last game allowed swimming combat and swimming monsters. And all that stuff. They replaced with a bunch of climbing terrain and mounting on monsters that you just said. Yeah, and, before, and now you have destructible terrain, which is pretty interesting. Because... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Jason's just being really weird. I just smirked. Go ahead. Continue. I, is there more there? <laughs> you were mid-sentence. I um, mean, it's... it's if you played Monster Hunter, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's, I guess it is the same, but there's just more. Yeah, it's just more. It really it's a, gi- how, how it's a giant like, DLC. What if it's like, so it's like an expansion pack almost? Yeah, so I guess like to explain to someone, I guess I've never played before, I guess like the, the appeal to it, at least like what I think the real appeal to it is, is that um, progress is completely dependent on you, not so much like the game, like, it's like, 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 sure, like, oh, you beat a level, you go to the next one. It's, that's mm-hmm. not really the case here, because like, if you beat a level and go to the next one, you may or may not beat it, but if you manage to beat it, like the levels get harder to the point where you won't progress if you just keep playing the levels like back to back. It's up to you to actually go out and. Do these aren't really like, Monster Hunter Four impressions? It's like Monster Hunter impressions. Yeah, because it's the same game essentially. Sure, but Mario Galaxy Two impressions are basically Mario Galaxy impressions with new levels. So. Yeah. Mm. But I, I get what you're saying. Alright, well, let me play just so. Because then I can. Well, for for people that haven't played Monster (laughs) Hunter. But then, like, if you want Monster Hunter 4 impressions, we could only talk about the new stuff that they introduced in Monster Hunter 4. It's getting very technical. Yeah. Which we already did, basically. (laughs) Yeah. That's right. right. That's not much new stuff. No, I understand. I I did say anything. Um, Continue your thought, Jose. He had something going there. Basically, just Monster Hunter in general. Yeah, but I'm sure our listeners are unaware. So basically, Maybe. You kill that monster, you get materials from that monster, and then it's up to you to actually go out and make weapons and armor from that monster to kill bigger monsters to get... It's like a cycle. Yeah. And, no, and every time you beat a monster, you don't gain experience, you don't level up. Like, nothing, like none of that happens. You have to do all of that on your own. So it's very... There's a lot of gratification for, like, finally building the armor that you made because, like, you actually have to go out and make it. Like, uh-huh. some, of this, some of these sets are, like... Sometimes they're a real pain to get because sometimes you have like that one piece that's rare that will just take forever to get. And I didn't. Oh, sorry. Oh, 
Oh, yeah, and I remember like, that was the case, like, especially Monster Hunter 3. But so far, it's just taking more time on this one. I'm not I'm not as far as Obis. I'm like 20 hours in. Obis, I think, is... I'm like 120. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> you go to school. How do you... What? Well, I, I stopped playing Smash Brothers. Yeah, ah. I, I, I still play Smash <laughs> okay. Brothers. Okay, that explains a lot. And even 20 hours, like, you think that would be a lot, but in the realm of Monster Hunter, that's It's still, very little, right? That's still, like... It's enough to get how the. I mean, obviously, I, I still haven't fought in some monsters. Yeah, you you get the flow of the game, but you definitely like even even Monster Hunter Three Ultimate. That one, I was. I want to say. In in Part Three Ultimate, I never fought some monsters there. Yeah, like I was. And I was like some like two hundred hours in. Yeah, it. like I was well over two hundred, and yeah, there was still some that you just never fought. It's a game that. There's some environment I never saw either, like some levels I never saw. But the there was a, the new feature in Part Four that was like the best was online definitely. Cause yeah, because that's for the first time on 3DS. Yeah. Right? So now I could play... Well, if you want to farm for one monster, you could specifically say, make a room like, oh, I'm just farming for this monster. And then you get three other people, random people online. People and are always willing to farm. They, they just want to help. How it's a friendly Where do they get a return? Um, probably, probably weapons that they Well, want. I mean, you make the room, so like anyone who wants to farm that same monster is going to join that room anyway. So oh, everyone okay. has the same goal. Right, right. And, I mean... More, more people it's just a lot faster and way more fun you have like little strategies you know? right right is there actually sort of chat how do you strategize uh, there's, there's a there's a keyboard that you can literally type out exactly what you mm. want but then um you they also have like quick keys that there's like preset buttons that you could customize so like smash bros in that regard yeah but just in game oh well, i guess like yeah. in level you yeah. can't like chat chat yeah, while you're hunting, you're stuck to those keys. to the presets. But right. in your in your little hub place, you could just talk like like a normal chat. Mm -hmm. And then you, also another cool thing that Monster Hunter did right was like, oh, if you, I guess if you meet someone cool and you want to be friends, bam, send them a friend request, and you could be friends on 3ds. Oh, mm -hmm. that's interesting. Nintendo doesn't usually do that. Okay, okay. Capcom, Capcom. yeah, but Capcom has to hook into Nintendo's stuff to do that. Yeah, and that was I thought that was really cool. That's actually that's how all games should be. Yeah, like, I was playing with a friend, and then he brought his two friends, like, oh, and then they sent me friend requests, and now I'm friends with them on my 3DS. That's how they do it. Look at all those making friends. <laughs> so, I have a question. As someone who has never played Monster Hunter, is it easier to get into Monster Hunter 4? Harder? Do they make, like, oh, a, yeah, do they have a better tutorial? Like, what's, because 3 was kind of confusing when I tried to demo. Like, does 4 actually, actually use you in? Well, I'd say it's easier to get into it than part 3, because they definitely have more tutorials now. Uh-huh. And it's also a little less annoying for people that played it before because you could turn off all the tutorials. Right. But it still it still takes just as much time to actually like. It's an investment. Yeah, you still have to invest time into it. You're not gonna just like pick a weapon and be like, oh, this is fun. Like you have to actually like accept like, okay, this all the movement is slow intentionally. You actually have to right like, get used to it. And every weapon like plays so differently. It almost feels like like a difference between different characters in Smash Brothers. Like. Some one person may like one and hate the others, or but that same person, another person may love that other weapon. Now the scope is new in this one, right? Yes, mm, no. no. Oh, that was in the last no, one. No, the, the insect glaive, which is like a stuff. This one's pretty interesting. It's a staff that has like a mechanical insect that you have to send out to grab nectar from a monster, uh -huh. and then it comes back to you, and then it powers you up. But depending on the part of the body that the insect hits, depends what power up you get, and I don't know, there's like another weapon similar to it where I guess like you're powering up yourself and all your teammates, but this one's just solo. And I guess in the jumping is a new 
I guess mechanic, this is the only weapon that actually lets you jump from wherever because it gives you a stat to like bounce off the ground and just makes mounting monsters easier, which is also a new thing. Right. Like now you can mount monsters and like attack them to knock uh -huh. them down. No, there's just like so many things that just like add to the game, like clambering, like climbing up walls and then jumping from the wall to knock down a monster that's in the ceiling is really cool. And also just trying to get higher ground, but then those monsters can destroy that higher ground, which makes it harder to jump on them. Because you do, I think you guess you do want to jump on them a few times because that does make it easier to... Mm -hmm. Add more damage. Another nice, cool little thing that I, I, I don't know. I always like the cat characters. Yeah, they kind of give them some funny outfits this time around, right? Um, I mean, like, giving them your, your armor, their own personal armor. Yeah, you can also like and Mario and Luigi costumes. Like you recruit mm -hmm. them. Yeah, like the, they went crazy with the DLC. There's like Street Fighter DLC. Like none that isn't available here in the US yet, but there's like Mega Man and Zelda, Link, Samus. Mega Man. Um, one of the cats gets like a whole full on Mega Man. Oh yeah, yeah. And the Rush baton. It's so sad that Capcom, the people that make Mega Man, the most they do for Mega Man is put a helmet, you know, put his outfit in Monster Hunter, and yet Nintendo's like, here, have a Mega Man toy! Have a Mega mm -hmm. Man in your Smash Bros! Like, Capcom should really respect him more. Sorry, yeah. back to your point. But the cat system is definitely more in-depth than the previous partner system. In the previous game, you had... Basically, you want to hunt with friends as much as possible. This game is definitely more fun when you're hunting with people. And they try to remedy that when you're playing by yourself by giving you two AI partners. Uh -huh. And so you always have at least the like party. Some sort of help. I mean, they're not—they're definitely not as effective as people, but right. definitely like they distract the monster. They could cause like good amount of damage or set traps for you. And um, and this game more so than the other game. And the other one, you're just stuck with two people that you just kind of level up, yeah. customize. But in this one, you could recruit cats. You have different cats for different things. Give each one different armor. Like the most, the AI or the most you get, you could customize your partners in the last game. Well, Monster Partner Three. Was just give them different masks and different, uh, different little dances, so they could either pair you up, or like changing their class essentially, right? Or like just make them attack with different elements. Uh -huh. But in this one, uh, depending on the two little partners you have, or th oh, you have you you have like a a main. You have five cats that you have like in your main team, but you have two on the field. But depending on what you have on the on your team, like let's, um, the, uh, it depends on what your main cat does. Sure. So you have a like if, cat. So if you have like, well, in my team, I have like three bomb bombing cats uh -huh. and two cats that um, raise attack. So. So I guess uh, so. In, in, so, <laughs> so in the so field, you click your you click your whatever, and then they all get summoned and. <laughs> So in the field, I have one cat that I guess raises my attack, and then another cat that uh, throws bombs at monsters. But then I could also have I could change it up by having um, in my main team a bunch of healing cats. Uh -huh. So instead of bombing and stuff, um, my main cat will start healing me, or like nullify poison, or or I could give them or I could make another set. Of just defense, right, right. So it's just it's there's just actually some strategy mix and match, or whatever, depending on how you play. Yeah, the level of customization in this game is good, really, really in depth. There's a level of customization. Well, I mean, like mix and matching stuff. Mm. But yeah, yeah. Like, like the amount of like load. Yeah, I guess like the amount of loadouts you can have, like especially for weapons and stuff. You could um like sure you can make um like a set of dual blades, like mm -hmm. those like dual handed blades. But you could like try to make one like that's electricity elemental damage one for fire one for water like you can have like a whole set like for every single type of weapon plus also have armor loadouts that are for every single occasion right so there's like always something to do and always something like 
to hunt, essentially. So somehow they made a very deep game even deeper. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. I guess that's their little cat system, yeah. Yeah. And and that's like that sounds like a whole other layer on top of what three offered. Yeah, yeah it, it offers more. Music's still awesome, and creatures still animate really awesomely. The character animations, the the character animations look identical to the previous ones, but they're still always well done. Right. I mean, right. they're just like they try to stay very um realistic. I guess like how the people like run and like fall and like tumble and stuff. It, it just looks sure. funny. Yeah. Cause they act like so. Everything is so like comical, or like all the a lot of the characters just act very whimsical. Uh huh. But you know, it's like you know behave that way in a video game. I guess I don't know. This is more of a new 3DS impression, cause like when well I got the new Monster Hunter 3DS, so I started playing with the little nub, the C stick, the C stick, but I thought it was gonna be like, like like a just normal camera, but it's only four directions. Wait, what? So Monster Hunter? No, I mean that's a nub in general. The nub's I, full analog. Mm mm. I tried it in Majora's Mask. And I did it in Codename Steam. It's full analog. I guess maybe just Majora's Mask and Monster Hunter is just four directions. You, you, might want to get your nub checked out. No, I can guarantee. <laughs> I'm you. pretty sure it's it's so you it's could a go full at an angle. Yeah, it's a full stick. No, it mimics no, the. No. It mimics I, I the. Remember, it's just four directions. Where's your Where's your? It's right there. All right, everyone at home must love this part of the show. Yeah. Where I'll show you. I'll boot up a game and I'll try it. Oh, it's already here. Perfect. All right, no, it's definitely 360. It's analog. It's made to be analog. Mm, I have to go into a mission. No, I don't. Just spin it. No, there's no there's, You can't oh, control the camera. You're right, you can't. Look at how crisp that screen looks. Did you know the 3DS, the new 3DS Excel uses a different top screen that has be, an IPS screen that has a better uh, yeah, color so, color. Yeah, the palette. colors are more vibrant in this one. And the graphic, well, just the graphics in Monster Hunter 3 just look so good. I mean, Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate looks so good. They also did in Monster Hunter 3. But, they look even better now, though. <laughs> but wow, it's like, it looks, it definitely All right, give, give me that, give me that. Uh, oh, I see what you're saying. You can only go up, down, left, right. But you can do both simultaneously, kind of. Kind of. If you go up, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. (laughs) I guess, yeah, I guess it's kind (laughs) of. And then Majora's Mask is the same thing. You can't go at an angle. That's true. You're right. You're right. I see what you mean. Yeah, basically, it's basically what you said. Yeah, you can... You can spin it any direction, but if you try and go, so, I mean, if you try and do the eight, di- the the in between, it's not eight directions. So if, you eight it, if you spin it in a circle, it's not going to go in a circle. It goes kind of a weird lopsided. So I was like, yeah, that's, that's cool for like Majora's Mask in this game, but like what they were saying, like, oh yeah, now it's really cool for first person games, but like a first person game is not going to have, it's not going to be that great with yeah, four that's directions. very true. That's very true. I even noticed that when I used it. Interesting. Yeah, that was the only thing I had for that. Right. Right. So Monster overall... So it was a little disappointment with the nub. Oh, yeah. It was still yeah. cool. It was still pretty helpful. I just can't see how it will be helpful in a first person. It wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but the, uh, the, so I guess overall, Monster Hunter sounds like if you're a fan of the franchise, this is a definite upgrade I mean, of the experience? Or like a, this right, is well, the I mean, sequel you want? Well, I mean, the if, you're, if you're a fan of the franchise, you already have this game. If you, <laughs> if you, you don't know that. Some people have to save up. No, they, they, they'll have it already. They'll find a way. All right. And, um, and if but you, they already had the means to get it though. Okay. It's not like they didn't know this game was coming out years in advance. Right, right. And um, people that don't have any Monster Hunter, like as long as they are aware that they'll have to put time into the game, like I would definitely recommend it to them. Yeah, if they want to, but there is the time investment. Yeah, cause yeah, if they want a game to invest hours, like hundreds of hours, into. If, if you're one of those gamers that likes a game that you could like play for a long. Time, yeah. Yeah. If, yeah. If they want a game that never ends. 
Yeah, then this is the one. Mm-hmm. Like also, I was, I was gonna, I'm also waiting for Xenoblade to also fulfill my RPG 100, plus 100 hours. That one I'm getting. Yeah, they were definitely going to say this month down until like the next one comes out. Like, until the dawn time. Or well, that yeah, already happened. Yeah, because they basically stayed mm-hmm. month down to three until... Next one came out. Right. Yeah. Cool, so that sounds like, as fans at least, this is pretty much everything you want out of it, minus yeah. the stick not playing nice. Well, that's more of a 3DS feature. Yeah, and, and if you are a fan and you don't have the new 3DS XL, I feel like I'm getting the collector's edition pretty awesome. You get the little Gormagala statue, you get a cool little cloth that has the world map, and the lanyard that has a bunch of the little hieroglyph monster designs Just good luck it. finding it, right? Or no, is it, it readily available? It should be... I, I saw I still saw it available at Amazon. Like it was sold out for a long time everywhere, but then it kind of came back. It looked like they made more. Oh, well, that's so, good. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Great game. So I guess switching gears from Monster Hunter to Pokemon Shuffle from super hardcore game to to super casual to the point of like ridiculously casual. I should say actually uh, I should start by saying that really I feel like this game probably represents more than just a new puzzle game from Nintendo because mm-hmm. this is like. This is the company's first attempt at real standard free-to-play, and in light of the news we talked about for the first hour of the show about mobile, is kind of significant for that way. It's like, because, you know, we've had Steel Diver, which was pay to enhance your experience. We had Rusty Real Deal Baseball, which was pay for the minigames you want to play. But now we have, um, we have Pokemon Shuffle, which is more like pay to proceed. <laughs> like, it's like, you know how, like, there are some mobile games, like, I Farmville used to do this, Candy Crush does this, Simpsons Tapped Out, where it's like, you do stuff and that's like, okay, stop what you're doing. You have to wait 30 minutes before you can keep playing. That's what this is. So, this is almost not even just, it's, that's horrible. it's, I mean, it is and it isn't. It, uh, it's also an interesting case study of how Nintendo I'm should not do, game. yeah, because I only play for a few minutes here, a few minutes there. <laughs> I actually don't mind it too much, but, um, but I think I, the philosophy behind it is not good, and I think that, uh, it's kind of a weird case study of, like, Here's how Nintendo should not do free to play on mobile. As much as here's the impression of the game. So with that said, uh, let's talk about the game, I guess. Uh, if you played did, what? Did, how much did they like Trozy? Trozy had match four. This is match three. Oh, There's some game. differences and some similarities. So I guess uh, I'll, how about this? I'll just kind of outline how the game works, and then you could jump in with Trozy comparisons if anything strikes you. All right. Cool. So, <laughs> so basically, if you played any sort of match-free puzzle game, uh, you pretty much have an idea of what to expect. Puzzles are kind of, you know, it's on the bottom screen with the touch screen. You're asking to match three or more identical Pokemon heads that are just kind of floating around, Trozy style. And uh, it's your job to match them to attack the Pokemon on the top screen or sometimes a trainer on the top screen or a gym leader or whatever up on the top screen. And you're given a limited number of moves to do these attacks within. In order to succeed, you need a knock down the opponent's HP by getting X number of matches or combos within X number of moves. In a nutshell, that's how it works. Uh, sometimes, though, sometimes, though, the opponent up top is going to throw you off your game because they have special abilities and they have things like putting blocks on your screen so you can't do a combo there. Or other things like that. So you, familiar. It does or doesn't? It doesn't. I mean, it's a little different, but the idea of like having your Pokemon battle on... Like, well, I was, was going to explain how it was similar, but I didn't pick up on your sarcasm, so, so yeah. I, I blame the cold. Anyway, uh, so, uh, unlike, here's where it's different, though. Unlike past Pokemon games, the twist here is that you can actually move the blocks 100% completely freely. I don't think, unlike I think... Past Pokemon games? Unlike past, like Pokemon past Pokemon puzzle Pokemon games. games. Past Pokemon <laughs> puzzle game. Because uh, Pokemon Puzzle League, and I believe Trozy as well, you could only match ones that were, you know, swappable next to each other. So you could have, like, three Togepi's, and next to them, like, 
two chikoritas if you and something else if you swap them around you can make you know you can make it work this one you can literally drag and drop them anywhere on the playing field so there's that's, not much that's exactly like a smartphone game I see it's like playing. it's like puzzles and dragons which is coming to 3ds in may may it's like candy crush yeah, it's like it's like very it. very similar so um which makes it seem kind of easy but the thing is nintendo actually did a couple things to keep things a little more interesting and keep it a little more engaged so similar to pokemon battle trozy each pokemon type does affect how the battle plays out there just like in real Pokemon, you have ones that are stronger, ones that are weaker, and you get to choose real a, like real Pokemon, like real life Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Like when I go see a Pikachu on the street and he's battling a Squirtle, I know how that's gonna turn out. But no, <laughs> it's um, yeah, it's it's kind of like that. So you get to choose four Pokemon whose heads are then on your puzzle board. You take four Pokemon's heads, come off their bodies, put them on your puzzle board, and you get to choose based on you know what you want strengths or weaknesses. But they also do something that they call optimize. Where you can just let the game tell you which four to use. And what it does is a mix of Pokemon that are strong against that type, Pokemon you're leveling up, and Pokemon that you have Mega Evolved. Because yes, leveling up and Mega Evol- Evolutions are kind of the two other wrinkles that are definitely not in Trozy. Well, no, leveling up is, but Mega Evolutions didn't exist yet. And they're in this one now. So, Mega Evolutions, um, this one's a little interesting because how it works is you'll get a stone, much like in real Pokemon again. Mega Evolutions did exist for the new Not Trozy. For the newest one, yeah, because Trozy. No, Battle Trozy came out before X and Y. Really? I think so. Pretty sure. Pretty sure. Someone look this up while I'm talking. Oh, you have to use your big... No, 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 no. Use your phone. Oh, you are using your phone. Okay, anyway. So, the the new thing with Mega Evolutions in this one is, much like in real Pokemon, you have, you know, you get a stone that would Mega Evolve whatever one Pokemon it works with. Because that's the dumbest system. Anyway, uh, so what happens is if you choose that Pokemon when you go into the puzzle battle, they have a meter on the left now. And the more you match up that specific Pokemon, the meter fills, and eventually they Mega Evolve. And then you get a new ability, such as, oh, all the blocks surrounding the blocks you just cleared will also clear. Or like things like that. And that's kind of where the real strategy gets involved, because you have Mega Evolutions, your opponent can Mega Evolve, and you have to kind of bounce back and forth with those. Uh, it came out after? 2014. Trozy? Yep. Yeah, I guess I was wrong. Yep, Wait, but Mega Evolutions are from... X and Y. You're right. Yeah, here's a, here's a little... Here's a baby Xerneas and a... Alright, you're right, you're right, you're right. I believe you. Oh, you didn't even... Okay, hold and on. You can look at the pictures of the X and Y Pokemon. You're right. I'm checking something. Can you hear me? Yeah. Everyone listen to me type silently. Uh... <laughs> however... I don't think Battle Trozy has Mega Evolutions as a feature. If you search it, it's not there. Thank you for the crickets. Anyway, let me keep going. Regardless of if it's there or not, point being, it's a key part part of this and leveling up like in Trozy. Also, the more Pokemon you use more, more frequently, the stronger they get, the better chance you have against their opponent Pokemon. Um, okay, I told you that. Yeah, it's just like just like a puzzle game. You're just like a Pokemon game. <laughs> but um, where things... And so you work your way through, your game, through the game. And obviously, you know, the challenge increases. And then the weird twist in this is after each match, you have the chance, if it's a wild Pokemon that your opponent is, to catch that Pokemon. And this is kind of where the freemium cracks begin to show. So even if you get an S ranking on how you perform in the puzzle match, you aren't necessarily guaranteed that you'll be able to catch that Pokemon. Kind of like in real Pokemon. Again, like, you're not 100% guaranteed. But there doesn't seem to be a really clear way of how you do guarantee it without paying money. Mm-hmm. So basically, there's a percentage chance you have of catching that Pokemon. There's a bar under them that literally is like, 
congrats, you got them in four moves. We'll pull up the bar to 40%. And then this Pokemon happens to be this Pokemon, so I add 10% or whatever. So in theory, the fewer moves you do, the easier it will be to catch. Problem is, if I'm getting an S rank on the puzzle match, why do I not have enough moves to catch him? The S rank should imply you did the best possible level of performance you can do, which means you should be able to catch him. Even if they say... Why that just gives you the highest percentage to catch him? But why are the percentages so low, then? Why are they requiring you to spend money? So there's two ways to look at it. Either, reason. Yeah, but it's not a good gameplay mechanic that you got to spend money. Now, granted, you could spend in-game coins to get the better Pokeballs, like the Great Ball or whatever, to then get the Pokemon. But those take a very long time to accumulate. So the easier solution is to pay real eShop funds to buy a jewel and convert the jewel into coins and then use the coins to, buy the po to get the Pokemon. So basically you're paying to build out your collection. Not a fan of that idea, really. And it or seems... What? People hacked it before that patch. Yeah, but they fixed it already. But and it seems like the Freedom Mall like, really comes into play with that ridiculous jewel system. Because uh, if you want to guarantee you'll catch that Pokemon, yeah, you're going to want to use real money. If you want an item to use during battle, or like these items do different things that like counteract the opponent's moves or giving you enhancements, yeah, you can buy them with in-game coins, but again, the coins mostly come from your real money. And the thing about the items that kind of bothers me is... They're kind of a gamble. I mean, as is someone expected. If you buy an item with real money, if I spend a dollar and buy an item, I would kind of like it to work. Oh, yeah. But the game doesn't guarantee it will work. So you're like, okay, so I literally am gambling inside a Pokemon game. This is a Pokemon gambling game now, which is <laughs> bizarre. So I, I did not buy any items, but that's a concern. And then on top of that, um, let's say you want to play more than 20 minutes. Well, much like Candy Crush, they give you five hearts. And each match, regardless of if you win or lose, you lose a heart. So after five matches, no matter what matches that you're doing, you have to wait 30 minutes. Which isn't horrible, but if you're, if you're using hearts, this is a nitpick, but if you're using hearts to signify mm. how well you're doing, hearts equal health. Health equals only when you lose are you affected. Use not hearts. Use clocks. I don't know. But if you're <laughs> using a heart, it implies I will keep my health if I win. So I won, like, five back-to-back, -back and then it's like, you're done. I'm like, I'm done. Oh, I guess I'm done. So so there's some issues, to, to put it lightly. And it's, it's I mean, I don't know. It's just the free-to-play stuff kind of bogs it down. The good news is that if you ignore the free-to-play and you're okay with only playing 20 minutes, it's actually a fair amount of content. It's actually pretty fun. I mean, I played a decent amount into the game. Didn't use free... Didn't use any... No, more than 10 minutes. Try, like, 12 <laughs> 12 minutes no I, I played I played probably for like probably like a week straight every night for a while but and I like you know I play it leave after the time limit come back an hour later play a second round and that'd be it so like whatever like 40 times 5 mm. so not a ton but mm -hmm. I, I got in pretty far because you do 5 matches each one so you can get pretty far but um yeah if you are willing to not pay for items if you're willing to wait the time limit or just say okay I'm done after 20 minutes there's kind, of, there's kind of a lot to be had because there's in addition to the main mode where you go through the map the uh you know, number of move puzzles. They also have time-based ones in a secondary mode called, like, Master Mode or something. And they also have this actually kind of cool online component where you can check into the server and they have daily challenges to get special Pokemon. Or, well, not special. They have rotating daily challenges for new Pokemon that you can catch. Although, again, just because you beat the puzzle doesn't mean you're catching the Pokemon. So I wasted three hearts trying to catch a Pokemon only mm -hmm. to realize, you know what? I'm not going to catch it without paying money, which sucked. But, uh... Yeah, they have that. They have special Pokemon to get. Like, they have a... Currently, you can get Mew for the next two weeks, as well as another Legendary that I'm blanking out on. They have daily leaderboard challenges, which are kind of cool. 
or sorry, not daily. I think they're like monthly or weekly. Where right now it's like battle Mega, Mega Lucario, and again you can battle him as many times as you want, but after five you have to wait. No matter what you do in the game, no matter if you're winning, you're losing, you're doing an online competition, leaderboard competition, you're trying to catch Pokemon. Once you hit the five, that is it. You are done, and that's kind of its biggest drawback. I would much, 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 much it's rather like a game you'll play for the rest of your life. Well, I would much rather pay. But see, I would much rather pay eight bucks and just have unlimited play. Like, I get, in a way, you could argue, oh, well, it's going to let you kind of slowly... You won't get tired of it as quickly, because you probably play 20 minutes a day, but it's just like... But then I'm saying, you're like, I want to play more, but I don't want to necessarily pay for, like, items or heart... Like, a heart, which is, like, I don't know how much, but... So what's the most you're saying this game is worth its time Nothing? I'm saying if they made it a pre... I'm not a fan of the free-to-play setup. I think if they want to do free-to-play... So it's not worth spending any money on it? I, I don't think they implemented it well. I think if in your they, opinion, in my opinion, so I'm saying you asked how much would I is it, it worth? I'm getting there. To be a politician. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Your question was how much would you say it's worth spending on, and I'm saying nothing because I think they handled the spending options poorly. I'm saying I don't think it's worth spending on. I just said that. Okay, let me restart. Ask the question. You said I don't think they have a good system. Yeah, and I don't think it's worth spending in the current system because basically you're not paying for. You're paying weird like. You're not paying for a thing. You're paying for, like, a chance of a thing. It's like, oh, great, you can get one more play for however much. I guess that's the most logical. But then if it's, like, the items, that's basically gambling. It's, I don't know. It sounds more restricting than yeah. than other free-to-play games. Like, I remember... It's the Candy Crush model. That's all it is. Yeah, but even then, like, I feel like you get way more playtime out of those than this. Like, yeah. I mean, like even, like... Well, yeah, this and this one is more expensive. Because, like, games like Temple Run, yeah. like, that one you could literally play for hours and hours. And yeah. you could buy more, just thinking you have more... Re- well, then you could pay to get more retries, but... No, it's, it's and there's so much cheap. content to have if you could not... If you want to spend that much money. Like, I mean, all the modes I listed, they have a Street Pass mode. They actually weirdly don't support 3D in the game whatsoever, which is kind of strange. No 3D effect. But they have a Street Pass mode. They have the Spot Pass stuff. They have two different main game modes. They have hundreds of stages. There's a lot in there. You just have to be willing to either do it in short 20-minute bursts or actually put down some money. So, and the thing is, if you do the 20-minute burst, you have to wait 30 minutes before you do another 20-minute burst, which is just long enough to go, this is too long, just leave the 3DS thing here. I'm going to come back later. Like, it's very purposeful. If only um, 3DS will go for, like, faster switching between games. That way, yeah. you, know, you can... Well, like... the, X, the, new, the new 3DS XL definitely is. Oh, well, I mean, almost like iOS speed, where you just, like, double tap. Oh, yeah, yeah. Instantly, because I feel if you could be playing this, like, to take a break... From, from another game. game. From another game, that'd be yeah. perfect. Because, like, okay, I'm back to... I'm ready to go back to the other game. But because you have to, like, fully exit out... Or boot up the other one. Yeah, well, they make it a little easier to exit out, probably with that in mind, is that there's no home... There's a title screen, but when you quit the game, you can't get back to the title screen. You just quit when you're on the map in between matches. That's it. Hmm. So they, they tried a little, movie? probably. Because I feel like... I just feel like Nintendo could hand... Like, limitations aside, it is actually a lot of fun. I really do like Shuffle. I think there's, like, questionable decisions about how Nintendo implemented the freemium system. I mean, it's basically the worst approach you can take, kind of like you were saying, Jose, and it's actually... I would much prefer if they did Steel Diver or Rusty Drill Deal baseball style, where it's like, yeah, pay your way as you go, but you can still do the basic stuff properly. You can't really do the basic stuff properly without paying currently. Like, either charge for the basic stuff up front, or do a premium experience sort of thing. Don't do this weird, like, in-between, which mm-hmm. just feels weird. But if you ignore all that, if you ignore all that, it's still pretty enjoyable in those uh, small 
chunks of time, those 20-minute windows. So, I mean, since it's free, I would recommend anyone that's interested just download it. I mean, a million people already have. You don't have to download it. It's already oh, sorry. No, no, no. An icon for it. You click it and then it downloads the full oh, right. Yeah. So if if you're interested at all, check it out. They just cut the middleman. Yeah, basically. Yeah, they cut the eShop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just just check it out and decide. I mean, a million people already downloaded it, which makes me think, for better or worse, how it might go forward with this type of payment system in the future, depending on the revenue they get off those million people. So maybe, maybe download it just as a heads up of what you're gonna be playing in the fall on mobile game on mobile platforms. I don't know, but um, if if you do like it, congrats! You have an awesome new game in 20 minute bite sized pieces, which is how I'm playing it, and they kind of like it. And if you don't like it, I mean, there's Pokemon Battle Trozy. If you know, if you're not a fan of the of the payment system, there's Battle Trozy in on May 22nd. Nintendo just announced the other day that uh, Puzzles and Dragons, the two pack, which is um, Mario Edition and Puzzles and Dragons Z, will be released on a single cartridge for thirty dollars. That's new news. That's only thirty bucks. Fifteen per game. I would pay fifteen for um, Shuffle that's if there was a yeah, that's my point. Is if you mm-hmm. want, if you don't like paying as you go, just wait for that and pay up front for both. You get double the content. Uh, like that seems pretty fair. So there are options, but I would say check out Shuffle, see if you like it. Because you, you know, maybe the maybe the uh, free play isn't a huge deal. It didn't hinder me too much. It just was kind of an annoyance after twenty minutes. I don't think I'll ever try it. Yeah, I have a feeling you won't. But but I would recommend anyone that has any remote interest at least give it a shot and see what they think. And, you know, speaking of puzzles and dragons, uh, I suspect we're gonna have some hands-on time with the 3DS one coming up pretty soon in our next episode which is actually going to be a day late our next episode is going live Monday April 6th and yes we're now in the conclusion phase of the podcast our next episode is Monday April 6th because that weekend we are going to WonderCon in beautiful Anaheim California so we are going to go to this expo which is hosted by the lovely folk behind San Diego Comic Con Nintendo will be there Capcom will be there other companies will be there I don't know who, but other companies. So um, we're going to have impressions. We're going to have hopefully Puzzle and Dragons if it shows up. Hopefully Splatoon if it shows up. My... Hopefully Puzzle and Dragons will be there. Hopefully. Well, because it's unreleased, so it's interesting. Yeah, so hopefully it will. Uh, more to the point, hopefully Splatoon, which they showed at PAX East, so I'm pretty sure Splatoon is yeah, going to be at WonderCon. Yes, okay, okay. <laughs> point being, um, don't miss our next episode on Monday, April 6th. To make sure you don't miss it, uh, you can follow us on Twitter, at Nintendo. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, just search around Nintendo, or click the link over at our site. While you're there, we'd love to hear a review of what you thought of this episode. It started weird, got real serious in the middle, it ended kind of weird. Actually, it ended pretty serious. It only was weird. You know what? If you like the episode, go to iTunes and leave a review, not of our show. Go to our page and leave a five-star review, not of our show, but of the Wario soundboard app. <laughs> and tell us if you think it's something that should be made. And would we you will pay proceed, a dollar for Would any... you pay a dollar per sound for 10 sounds? For never before dialogue. Never before, never before heard. heard dialogue about garlic, gas, garlic man. Isn't that his superhero? Mario, 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 Mario Man, whatever. You and you creative. can correct me. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> got a little too creative for my own good. But Nintendo no, seriously, uh, we'd appreciate it. I know. I know. Maybe we should. Um, you could leave a review of my Nintendo fandom and how uh, how true of a fan I am. We should hit up our, our buddy Charles from Nintendo Man. He might not whatever. be at Comic Con. We don't know that yet. Well, next, next time we see him, and then we'll. We'll make our own soundboard. <laughs> or at least we'll do a Kickstarter or something. Yeah, there we go. But no, seriously, um, yeah, you can follow us on Twitter. You can find us on iTunes. You can follow individually all of us on Twitter if you want to hear our thoughts on gaming and more. I'm JSR7. Elvis is Drake Redcrest, which is exactly spelled how it sounds. Uh, Jose is Wero, W E I R O underscore O. 
That's also his Miiverse handle, where you can find him there. Elvis, your Miiverse is Drake Red Crested Well, and I'm the weird guy who has to have a different one, because Nintendo's character limits, minimums. So mine is Jason R. So feel free to friend or follow us on Miiverse, follow us on Twitter, follow around the channel. Don't miss our next episode on April 6th. Uh, we're going to have all the news, all the impressions from WonderCon. And one day, one day we'll get to those Codenames Dean impressions. Hopefully soon. But yeah, we'll, we'll see you then. Bye.